Welcome to Critical Clips, episode 136. My name is Matt. Why you did you at? gasp at the start of that? Because I was doing an in and out breathing exercise that you said I should try for my anxiety. You fucking lied. I'm more anxious now, you son of a bitch. Welcome to episode 136 of Critical Clips. I'm more concerned about the man standing behind you. I mean, who isn't? Um, it's it's the slenderest of men. <laughs> I watched that film this week. It was bad. Anyway, and uh, what do we do? We re- we review stuff, don't we? Four episodes or four things each. Um, this week I've got some exciting reviews. I'm quite chipper and chirpy about this. I'm very excited. But you are going to bore us first. So, <laughs> do you want to see the first review? Is it a Power Rangers thing? No. Why would I have a Power Rangers thing? Because I bought you? you a Power Rangers thing. So I'm going to review the Power Rangers toy. Hola, mi amo Power Ranger. <laughs> no, it says something about Hey Ranger. Hola, Ranger. Uh, it's a fucking amazing... I can't believe that Amazon's... That's, that was from Amazon UK as well. Mm. So obviously someone sent it back, having bought... I guess they just bought... Maybe they bought one off Amazon, and then they had purchased one on eBay for cheap, of like one of the Italian ones, or Spanish ones. And then they just were like, if we chuck that in the box, we can get refunded, and then we've got the kid's toy for like 12 quid. And Amazon were like... They bought it in Spain and complained about how it wasn't speaking English. <laughs> no, they bought it in Spain, bought an English one from Amazon UK, put the Spanish one in the box when it came... And then sent it back like it didn't work. Got mm. my refund. And then Amazon sold it on. But you love it. It's a quirky thing. It's like a it's it's like a transformer that speaks Japanese. You know, it's like kitschy. It's like a little bit like chic. I mean uh, if you, you the, if you say like a transformer that speaks Japanese, I mean that is just based on a Japanese toy that would speak Japanese. Yeah. If it spoke Japanese then it wouldn't be a Power Rangers toy. Spanish, what, though. What's, what's your fucking point? Spanish. Are you going to do a thing? Well, it's your review first. Why is it my review first? Because you are first this week. I went first last week, so the way that it works is you go first this week. Would you like me to go first for you? No. Okay. No. It was a trick question. I'm not going to feel... I'm glad you didn't fall for it. You're not going to just talk about some random nonsense for ages? No, I've got games to review. <sighs> Right, fuck you. Yep. Right, I'll review something no one's reviewed. Okay. Ever. Um, You're looking out the window. Don't review the ducks. It's because the man's still looking at you. I don't give a shit. It's David Arquette from Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1992, starring famous right-wing Republican Kirsty Swanson. He's got no eyes. Well, that might be Ben Affleck from Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1992. Starring Kirsty Swanson, right-wing Republican crazy. She's full and gun nut now. Oh, right. Donald Sumner was in that film. Yeah. So was uh, Rudger Hauer. Just going to name people who are in the film. And, um, oh, God, um, uh, Ruben, what was the name of um, Paul Rubens? Hmm. Pee Wee Herman. Ah. He has one of the best, best death scenes in cinema history. Yeah. Uh, Buffy goes and stabs him with a stake, which should kill him. But then he does this massively... Fi- You've seen Buffy the Vampire's yeah. movie. He just goes, he goes like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ah, ooh, ah. And then like slowly falls down. And then he's like, he's like kicking it like it really... He's kicking like a stone wall like it really hurts. Like, ah, 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 oh, eh. And then at the end, there's a stinger scene where he's still doing it. Because um, Paul Rubens, I don't like... It's it's a bit like Eddie Murphy and Golden Child. Everybody went, we're going to film this action film. And Eddie Murphy's like, have you read this fucking script? And they're like, yeah, just read the script. And he's like, okay, I'll read the script. Is, is there anyone fucking in here? And they're like, why are you laughing when you're doing it? It's like, this script's fucking awful. Dude, I've just got to laugh, because if I don't laugh, I'm going to fucking cry that I'm doing this movie. And they're like, we could get Bruce Willis back. And he's like, Bruce Willis didn't want to do the fucking movie in the first place. The Golden Child, hidden classic. Your review, Matt. How's uh, Charles dance? Oh. Not a dancer. 
Right. Uh, I watched Justice League Apocalypse Dark Apocalypse War. Oh, you watched it? Yeah. I, I mean, it was on it was on Xbox, so I was like, "Fuck it!" I'll... Oh, that's awesome. It's not as good as Justice League. All right, like, you no. know, the real Look, Justice League, you're gonna which is right going to be ruined when they do the Zack Snyder cut. Snack Snyder. Zach, he is a snack. He is a snack. Snack, snack Snyder <laughs> cunt, more it's like. No, Justice League Dark. Um, I haven't watched any of these animated films oh. for the whole thing. Oh. So, um, But Superman wants to murder Darkseid, so they're going to go to the planet that's coming, and then everyone dies, and then... Oh, God, you're butchering it. Um, this is the plot. No. And then... Just Constantine, they get Constantine because everyone loves Constantine now. Um, everyone loves Matt Ryan and they like Constantine. No, they just wanted so Zatanna, like Zatanna but he was, he's banging Zatanna and they're both on the... That's unimportant. They're, they're on the orbital where the Justice League are meeting, so he only hears about it and is selected for the mission because he's there with Zatanna. He's not called to the meeting, Zatanna mm, takes him with her. He was part of the plan all along. Why? Batman did a thing. <laughs> Batman um, didn't do a thing. That was the problem. It's, it's a film that's just... It's 90 minutes. Yep. Um, it's miserable. It is pretty miserable. Bit, yeah, loads of people just keep getting killed. It's a weird thing I'm finding with these Justice League cartoons and the DC stuff now. They just want to... When people call them the DC Cinematic Murderverse, they should be talking about these animated films, not the live-action ones. Because um, these, mo- these animated films... Like, the entirety of that Suicide Squad one that came out a little while ago, like Reverse Flash is dead. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a set he's a fraction of a second away from death. Yeah, he just constantly moves. He's got a hole in his head. Yeah, he's constantly moving so his body is essentially like in, just people dead. are getting blown up and shit and it's mm. just they're all like this. They're needlessly violent. I think that like my problem is I've seen all of them. Mm. And there are And now you can only get erect when you see blood. <laughs> no, there are some that really do fail as like a film on their own and then there are others mm. that the like you can tell that you can tell that this was it's is it Justice League Dark Apocalypse War? Yeah. That's the title, isn't it? And you can kind of tell that yeah, it's the Justice League Dark one they did was popular. So Yeah. And the Justice League Dark one they did before was interesting because it elevated characters that weren't part of the Justice mm. League Dark universe and then people found that they weren't as popular. It gave us that amazing meme moment in which Batman Batman is going into the house with no place or the house with no name or whatever it is. And as he's walking in, Constantine's like, you're being followed by some dark spirits, mate. And he goes, oh, am I? And he turns around and he just so happens to be, he can't see them, but he's staring directly in the face of like this monstrous demon thing, mm. like this, this, um, this embodiment of fear and pain and anguish. And he just goes, boom. And the thing jumps <laughs> and the Batman walks in the house. And it's just, it's like interesting <laughs> that, that, um, traditional characters that aren't magic users, like Superman in, in Apocalypse War is interesting because he, he is weak to magic, but you can see that he's learnt enough that he knows the people to deal with when he has a magical yeah, problem. Yeah. No, um, it's not a right film. This I was just disappointed. I like underpowered Superman. He's still trying his best. And yeah. They draw friggin' Raven like she's emaciated the whole way through. They, so, they draw her like they just stretched out the original She looks like salad times. fingers. Yeah, they <laughs> draw her like they just stretched out the old um, yeah. figure from Titans. But it's, it's a nice enough thing, and it's a, you know, it's a... It's a good enough finale. I don't think you necessarily needed a shot of Starfire ripped in half of her intestines out or Wonder Woman getting her arm ripped off and stuff. Like, no, I think like those Justice League Unlimited shit. had like things that would hint at gross, violent stuff, but it would always be like an off camera thing. You see the reaction and oh, they had awesome like, body horror shit in Justice yeah. League Unlimited. Um, like Superman, um, 
lobotomizing death, um, friggin' Doomsday in Justice League Unlimited, where he like fires yes. into his head. Yeah, the weird because there was that. Um, so there's... and they do it in a way that's not like too grim and nasty yeah. or anything. But I think in the Justice League um, Death of Superman one, it's or Return Death of Return Superman, whichever. He like full on blows a hole in his head or some shit, doesn't he? So with yeah, so basically, <laughs> he with... blows a hole in his head, sticks his thumbs in, pulls it apart, <laughs> like. With that one, um, so that one's a little bit different from the story because you know the original um, Doomsday comic, um, the, yeah, build up for months and then yeah, and like the fight between Superman and Doomsday, he does like Doomsday has like smaller confrontations with other characters, but they were just yeah. sort of like it's the nineties, so every time a character comes up against Doomsday and they see how strong he is, they like take a few hits, take a hit back, and then they're like, oh, "Fuck this, cheese it, run off." And in the in the no, he the, killed a couple and then he rips off. Booster Gold's leg or his arm? I think it's his leg. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, Booster Gold's like near immortal in the current universe for DC shit anyway. Mm. I really don't understand How like has he why not been in the Flash yet? Or Le- Legends of Tomorrow? Uh, He'd Legends be perfect of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow, yeah. I can see that happening. Yeah. And you never need him in the costume. Just have him in a suit when he's like, I'm mostly doing promos nowadays. They should have really turned out that Rip was Booster Gold or some shit. Like, yeah. Just something silly like that. But um, yeah, it's, it's an alright film. It's enjoyable. It you know does what it's supposed to do. It does a whole big old finale for the thing. Um, miserable was... as fuck and then ends with a flashpoint yeah. spoilers they're just going to reset the universe and the new film they bring out looks like Archer really? yeah it's a Superman origin story oh, thing where um, it's it seems to be based a little bit on the Max Landis comic oh no um, it's not based on it oh, okay. but there's like there's a moment in it where he's wearing American the black Sun, jumpsuit with his yeah. yeah there's a bit where he's te- testing out costumes and he's got a black one with goggles and stuff yeah. and all that but um, it looks like Archer Oh. It's the same art style. I haven't seen anything about it. Like mm. I, I, that's the thing. I treat these, I treat these with more respect than I treat the 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 DC mainstay stuff <laughs> because I don't watch the trailers and shit like that. I just basically a lower budget. No one pays attention to them. Yeah. They do what they want and they make a yeah. Thing. But I really see, would be nice if they had toys tied to these ones. I'd I'd go for a cyborg Wonder Woman figure yeah. or um, um, Mira as a friggin' serpent creature. I I really one of the one of the well two of the big things that I really like about this one they've got Harley Quinn sort of sorted out mm. um in this series so they've sort of taken on the anarchic she's kind of a good guy sort of situation like mm. the problem with the comics is she's either joker levels of evil or she's just being abused and she's never really had the ability to grow and they've she turned her into she's she's had the venom treatment in recent years, haven't she? They've and, rehabilitated yeah. her to be a sort well, of not really a hero, but she will still beat up things. That's the weird like, thing that kind of happened years ago with yeah. her with that because they had an animated film. It was um, Batman and Harley Quinn. It was rubbish. It was all right yeah. because it was Nightwing Batman. Batman had disappeared, yeah. so it was Nightwing Batman who has a relationship with Harley Quinn in some of the comics. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I like Harley Quinn when she's a hero. It just makes sense for her to, you don't want someone to be going for a shitty situation constantly, never get out of it, and then when they do get out of it, they just continue being a shitty person as if that influence mm. wasn't what was affecting them and they aren't dealing with PTSD. Yeah, that's how they're going forward with Harley Quinn now. Yeah. I like, I like her as a good character. She's a great foil to Joker because she's the only one who can see through his shit. Mm. Like, the problem with Batman is that he's so clouded in his judgment of people and the way that he deals with morality. That he'll never pull the trigger. And although, you know, that's kind of his character. That's kind of the point. Hmm. Except in the film. Um, whereas Harley Quinn will be like, this is definitely for the greater good. I'm just going to smash his head. In. Yeah. And like, and that kind of makes sense. <laughs> you know, I don't want everyone to be judged during an executioner, but if you've got someone like the Punisher taking out gangsters that fucking traffic kids 
And then suddenly Iron Man comes in and goes, I'm arresting all these people. And he's like, Iron Man, I'm going to fucking kill every one of these. Just turn around, mate. You <laughs> don't need to see this. But I definitely need to do this. It's like, no, they can go to prison. It's like, and what, make bail and traffic more children? No, I'm going to kill them. The reason why Batman doesn't kill is because he's actually really, really squeamish. And he just <laughs> he hates blood. Yeah, he hates the sight of blood. Makes him sick. There are some, and he cries. There lot. are some really good Batman comics where he deals with the problem. With the 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 whole thing is that Batman's a bit like the Flash. You can't just have Batman in this Justice League dark. They just have Batman sitting in his chair. He's in the fucking what's that chair called? The freaking stupid one that oh, the throne thing. The, the one that does. told him in the comics that there was three Jokers, and now we have to put up with that stupid oh, fucking. Yeah. Which they they're finally done, haven't they? You know they're doing now or something. Yeah, they're going to reveal the third one because apparently they revealed two of them. I haven't followed the comics. I just haven't. The last comic, that's the dumbest. The last comic I, I read in the DC. That's, a, that's the sort of plot twist you get in Super Sentai, but at least Super Sentai is funny. Yeah, at least they play with it. <laughs> um, I read. I've been reading the DC stuff, and that's all fine. Because that's just Marvel zombies with DC heroes. And then I was reading um, Batman Damned, finally. Getting around to that, you know, the one where he gets his dick out in the first issue. No, they, they removed that. They well, removed not, if you, not, if you, not if you download the copies, either. People got upset about that. Um, I've, I'm re- I've read that, and that's Because they right. want to see the Joker hanged on. Well, no, it's mostly just... They were pissed off just because... Why was it in there in the first place? No, it kind of didn't make sense. He could have just been in a towel, and it would have been the same. That's just the weird thing. It was just to drum up controversy for a book that was mediocre let's just give him a really small penis yes tiny dick just that's why he fights crime that barely protrudes past his pubes oh god just a mushroom a mushroom hidden in the thicket yeah um, but yeah sorry I, I interrupted you a little you. box there just says box out on the side insert says, penis here like looking into a mirror <laughs> he's got like a weird crystal prism mm. that, so whatever you're looking at it looks magnified well, I was trying to talk about Justice League yeah, Dark Apocalypse War yeah um, yeah it's miserable um, everyone dies, people blow up, all sorts of stuff That's happens. Some, they do find but, a way to have a lot of really good little characters. Yeah, there's little jokes so. in there and stuff. And Still love... But it's, this, the plot is like... Like, the plot nonsense. is essentially... Let's shit the- goes wrong. I'm glad they don't go through all that. Like, you don't have to go through all that and then the story kicks off after they just sort of... You have an introduction and then it cuts to five years later or two years later or whatever. Yeah. Um, You know, which is a smart way to go about it. But, like... The plot was, oh, here's our plan, and then they do the plan. And there's no, like, there's no real building up to it. There's a little bit of, we need some help from a couple of people, but they, they execute the plan halfway through the film, and then half the film is just the attack on Apocalypse. Yeah. And it's a 90-minute film. Like, there's some, um, like I was pacing, saying. Pacing, you know, I just want I, to... I liked it. I've, there's I a liked... hell of a lot of people standing around in Darkseid's throne room while Superman's fighting him at the end as well. There's a lot of weird nonsensical shit, like why did Harley Quinn have to stay behind with King Shark when King Shark went down and then she went down immediately after because he was essentially protecting her and she could have everyone just gone has to die, everyone has to it's just It's one of those, it's like a weird thing, like a lot Lex of Lex Luthor's got a weird snivelling voice. It's Rain Wilson. Yeah, yeah. From The Office. And he's been doing it for years. Yeah. He's alright, I like, like him. sounds like a snivelling little... Well, that's jerk. kind of what he is. Yeah. Like, he's always like, oh, dark side, dark side, let me, Friggin, have, let me have a go. I, I think if they're going to get Matt Ryan to be Constantine, they should get fucking, what's his face from Two and a Half Men, Alan, to voice oh, Lex Luthor. Yeah. Um, they did an episode of Supergirl with him the other week that was fantastic. Really? It was like pure Lex Luthor stuff, where it's basically the whole like last six months of the show, things going on in the background with him executing all sorts of plans mm-hmm. and being behind everything. And it's like, he's a genuinely good Lex Luthor. I do like him as Lex Luthor. I haven't really watched yeah. much of it yet, but um, but what I've seen of him is really interesting. There was quite a few years where they were basically every Lex Luthor was based on the animated series version, 
And you know, because Michael Rosenbaum's Lex Luthor, when when he, he is Lex Luthor, he was he is great. He is very similar to the animated series Lex Luthor, though. But with Michael Rosenbaum, they pick someone who had a great voice. Mm. I think that that's kind of the secret to it. Is you pick someone with that voice. So in yeah. Harley Quinn, he's played by Gus Fring from Breaking Bad, Cameron Carlos oh, yeah, Esposito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Esposito? Yeah, I think so. And uh, from Sesame Street. Yeah, he's really fucking good because he yeah. has like he has that very smooth growl. Like he has a Michael growl. Rosenbaum voice in Justice League Unlimited. Was it the, the Flash? Flash? Yeah. yeah. And then the always... guy who played Lex Luthor in Supergirl played the magician guy, John Cryer. No, he's played on. I mean, on Lois and Clark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Adventure yeah. Superman with um, Dean Cain, who yeah. they killed off camera on Supergirl. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, he played the magician guy with the glasses. Can never remember his name. It's evil. No. Because there's one episode where like three Lex Luthor people have played Lex Luthor in one episode. Like I kind of like Smallville. It was a mm. monster of the week show. It was like nice weird side stories to Superman's mythos. It was shit. It wasn't shit. Like I liked especially those... for the first like few series. <laughs> yeah, I think that the first season had had some strong episodes, but they were all like the weird body horror shit. Like you had that Bug Girl and stuff like that. That was cool. But then, yeah, it the over like it got sort of dumbed down. They should have done Animal House with Superman. They should have just done like, Animal Man. Just, I still he's don't like know staring why, through all the walls, I checking out the girls. I don't know why we don't have an Animal Man series or film. No one cares about Animal Man. Everyone fucking likes Animal Man. Anyway, just look how good the Swamp Thing war. series was. It's a thing you can watch. Yeah, and relatively cheaply. I think it's like four four pounds. Four ninety nine to rent it on thingy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's fine. They're going to reboot the universe now. Does. I really liked it. Yeah. It's I really liked King Shark. Of course you do. Yeah. King Shark King is a King shark. Shark. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end it turns out he can talk the whole time, he just chose yeah. not to. It's his mantra to yeah. keep him calm when he's around people. Like Matt Ryan being all off oh, bloody hell, it's my ex. And mm. it's King Shark and he gives him a wink and he's like, mm. fucking embarrassing. He did like it when he's um he's done all the magic and he's like, bloody hell, I'm sober now. Yeah, he's yeah. Fucking... Burns off calories to do yeah. magic and yeah. Right. Oh, hey, too okay. many glens. <laughs> I love yeah. the fact that He's, he goes through the whiskey and then he's like, well, I guess it's tequila next. And he's like, out of tequila. <laughs> but no, it was decent. He's had some laughs, had some action-y bits. I liked, I liked a lot of the parademon shit. They've obviously learned from Doctor Strange that you can use portals to chop shit up because you get a few nice parademon dissections from Constantine. But it's all, um, so unnecessarily violent. Yeah. And also, I don't, I, I, I think Zatanna sac, well, sacrificing herself to save Constantine is fine and all, but it was just a bit, bit of a waste of that character. Mm. Um, and I think that causing him to go through all that shit for years and years and years of guilt, not knowing why he couldn't fight and why he can't fight now, or he's having trouble, like, sort of getting himself back into the fight. It's just, it felt a bit cruel, unnecessarily cruel. Cause she did a spell on him. I know. Cheeky bitch. I know. It's, I like that he gets a little bit of closure about that though. Mm. But um but yeah, they just seem to care about these characters a little bit more than other than other series. Are you saying the Justice League movie didn't wasn't... Is it Jerry O'Connell who plays Superman in that? Because he's doing a pretty good job as well. No, I mean in, in Justice League the Joss Whedon masterpiece. Oh, no. no. They did him day. I like see I like I I think I well, I don't like it. Superman Batman vs Superman is yeah, a guilty pleasure. Way too much. It's, it's know, a terrible film. Guilty pleasure for me. You review something, you racist. Is it my turn to review something? Yeah. Okay, my first review is going to be Red Aces for the Nintendo Switch. Stop I've turning on quickly, your Switch. I've got to quickly remember the full title. Um, okay. That's not remembering the full title. That's looking... That's turning on your Switch and checking. Okay, Red remember. Wings Aces of the Sky. So I've been playing it, Red Wings Aces of the Sky. It's a it's a dogfighting 
shoot them, shoot them up, shit them up, shmup them up. Um, it's it like it's it's um, it's some of the best elements of things like uh, Rogue Squadron and things like that. It's just a very simple concept done very very well. So you pick a plane, you do a mission. The missions take you through a linear story with only sort of they don't really have like. FMVs or anything like that. It's just like a story card that tells you what's going on and why you're doing it. And then you go and you take care of the mission. Some of them are like, some of them are protect these points. Some of them are destroy these blimps. And then other ones are race through these rings as quick as you can. Like Superman 64. Yeah, but with better controls. Way better controls. Um, it's really, really fun. And it's really simple. And the concept just works. It's the kind of game that I sat down and played it for about... I, I sat down and I, I was only going to play it for like 10 minutes just so that I could, you know, get a feel for it and then come back to it later. I ended up playing it for like an hour and a half and I just went through about 15... 15 when you were six, supposed to be working. Yeah, 15, 16 mm. issues. Uh, issues. 15, 16 chapters. And like each one, like I said, it has it really does get that, that dogfighting combo like of of easy-to-use UI, really, really tight controls and just some satisfying shooting... And it makes it just work. It doesn't really have the only the only thing I will say is that I was more interested in continuing on just because I got into that that cycle of like you know you just you play something you get a couple of upgrades and you keep playing to find out what the upgrades are like with something like Rogue Squadron, Rogue Leader, and those those Star Wars games. The reason that that they were so compelling wasn't just that it was there were different types of gameplay in there, and they've tried to do that here, but they don't really have the on foot sections from the last Rogue Squadron. They don't have the the racing down through the trees because it's all in the skies. It's all like a big open area to fight in, so you're not at risk of crashing into the ground or anything like that. And you know that's fine. Not with that actually, <laughs> that's all fine. Yeah. It's it's a like I said, it is a slightly simplified, tighter version of just the flying mechanics from those Star Wars games. And that's exactly what I wanted right now, because I spoke to you the other day. I said or is that. it quite a lot like other flight combat games? I don't really play that many. Yeah. I mean, like, the last you one I played... played FA-18 Interceptor on like, the Amiga. No, the last the last few I played were things like Hawks. Um, I played Ace Combat 7, I think it was 7. And the problem with any of the more modern ones are that once you accelerate and you're going towards a target... More often than not, you're flying fucking past that target and then doing a barrel roll to get back. too much. You've got to control your speed. It's it's just one of those things where, like, this... One of the really nice things about this are that you've got... Your left stick is sort of your um, is your aim. Essentially, sorry, your direction. So you're moving the plane up and down, left and right. Mm. Um, and then your right thumb stick is your speed. So you just tap it forward to to go on to your... To, like, to go maximum speed... You tap it back to go at a slower speed, and then you just leave it to go at the default speed. Like that's it. Like it, you know, it's so simple and so easy that it just it doesn't overcomplicate things with controls. And you can like you upgrade so you can make it so that your bullets are more effective against armored enemies as they start coming into the game. You've got things like you can increase your damage that you can take. You've got different ships that have different stats. So the one that you go with ships, yeah, uh, sorry, planes, planes. different planes. That you can go, you can play with to change the stats. I always go for like the base mid-level Isn't stats. It like a World War One, World War Two, World War Two. Yeah, planes made of meh. World War Two, World Red War One, and sorry, Red Wings. Red Wings is the biplanes from World War One, isn't it? Oh, World War One then. Sorry, yeah. sorry, apologies. World War Two had Spitfires and apologies, t- Kitty Hawks and God. stuff. All right, your planes are made of wood. How much stronger are your wooden planes going to get? Well, when I put some more wood on them, yeah. very strong. Oh. And then the wood splinters gets in my eyes, get blood in my eyes, and then I'm like James Bond. I'm hyper to web goggles, Googles, goggles, oh. like Biggles did. Oh, okay, 
Um, but yeah, it's it's really fun. Like it's it's really fun. But it is like it's limited by what it is, and obviously it doesn't have it doesn't have the most comprehensive structure. I think I you, you could you could play for it once, and if you really liked it, you could play for it over and over again. It's not something that's ever going to be. Um, it's not it's something that's going to be anyone's favorite game. But I really see this as something that people are going to enjoy if they're looking for those. Because so much of the shit on the eShop now is is the Game Boy style games, which I enjoy, you know, and I'm probably an idiot for enjoying all the Metroidvanias. They seem to thrive on that console. So it's, I've not seen many games like Alan oh, Racers, like small simplified racing games. I've not seen many dogfighting games on there that have been like have been recommended. And this, I think, I was seeing people say it was quite quite highly regarded. So I wanted to give it a go. And yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'd, I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it to most people. I think that if you enjoy this sort of thing, or if you're looking for just one pilots, it's a little bit faster than I assume it was. You know, it's arcadey, so Uh, it's a little bit more fun. Yeah, they'll they'll pick out all the inaccuracies. Yeah, Mm. Um, it feels a bit like Afterburner, a tiny bit like Afterburner, but more freedom in your movement and speed and stuff. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, you shoot down some Luftwaffe. Yeah. I give it a Will Will Sadler. Luftwaffe and Luftwaffe. Is that the German World War One? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you had the Red Baron like... and the Luftwaffe. Yeah, and you had the German Luftwaffe, the PSP game, or was it PS Vita, or PlayStation Three and Four? You know the one where if you hold down the button, you fire continuously. Yeah, yeah. But if you get shot, then your health doesn't regenerate. But as soon as you release the firing button, your plane also stops yeah. propelling itself. Yeah, that's no. a really fun little game. Played Luftwaffe. I got it on PC. Yeah, I played it on the PS. What even is a PS Vita? It's the greatest handheld console ever made. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah, I give I give uh, releases a, a Willis, William Sadler. I like I I do genuinely enjoy it. It's just you know it's it's such a weird it's a weird niche thing. Flight games nowadays, people don't really play them as much. Well, your review, Ant. They should. Your review, Ant. What? Your review, Ant. What, what am I supposed to review? I don't know. Right. It's as cold as ice. Chikyu Sentai 5, man. I don't know what this is. It's 1990s Super Sentai series. Oh, cool. So it set the scene for you. Super Sentai was going downhill. Not necessarily in quality, just wasn't popular with the kids anymore. Okay. Been running since... Well, depends when you start from. Like, you know, it's confusing. But anyway, it's been going for over 10 years now. People weren't quite into it as much. Kids weren't anyway. They weren't selling as many toys. And then they went, right, we need to do the, get this right with five man. So they flung everything at the wall and created the most bizarre series they possibly could. And then next year they got it right. But five man's quite fun. It starts off with a family on another planet. And they're like, you know, they've, they've traveled to this other planet 20 years before the show's, for the show set. Which is quite impressive for 1970s technology. And apparently they'd been there for quite a few years as well. So really impressive um, that they managed to do this in the late 60s, early 70s. No, late 60s. Yeah, it would have been late 60s because yeah. 1970. Yeah. But um, they'd be living on this planet with their kids. They're scientists. They've been growing flowers. They're trying to, with the help of little aliens, which are basically just children with paper mache heads on, mm. um, they're trying to, like, you know, terraform planets, grow plants on other planets and bring life back to these dead planets. Turns out the reason the planets were dead is because an alien group called Zone have been going around blowing all these planets up and killing everyone on them because they're nasty. And they killed the parents of the children. The children escape with the robot helper Buddy Arthur. 
mm-hmm. in a giant fortress spaceship thing. Like a fortress of solitude. Sort of. <gasps> and they go to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> where 20 years later, they're all adults and they're all teachers. Just like their parents were professors and teachers and stuff like that. Now, these five kids are all teachers. Like, one of them, the oldest one's the one who's got the best memories on the Red Ranger. And he he shot one of the villains in the head. He stood up Uh-oh. to him and shot him. Uh-oh. Gave him a scar. Um, and now they're teachers. And then in the first episode, the school gets blown up and destroyed. And then they spend a year fighting. So, um, first episode's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, it's all set up for the first 15 minutes. And then when it's back on Earth and the aliens invade, they don't show the teachers turning into the Super Sentai. They just go straight to the Super Sentai kicking the shit out of all the aliens and doing wicked car stunts and spins and tricks and they flying do around and all this. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff going oh, on. Flips Loads of track. action. Just like it's like ten minutes of setup and then ten minutes of just balls out action. Yeah. With like literally barely any story. There's no like resolution to the episode. It just ends with loads of ass kicking. And the second episode is where they actually go, Oh, so the teachers are the Super Sentai. Because it doesn't actually tell you that when you watch it, even though it's obvious. I mean they're wearing colour-coded costumes and stuff. We know how this works. Um, what makes the show kind of great is that they were clearly trying everything they could. They're throwing shit at the wall like crazy. Yeah. Like, starts off a massive action-packed episode and you get, like, a serious episode. By episode four, the youngest member of the team is getting drunk off her tits because the aliens have turned all the water in the world to sake and she's using drunken boxing to fight the monster. How would you even drink a pint of sake? Uh, just everyone, the whole world's Drunk. So it's just, it, does it they taste turned like all the water into so does sake? Does it taste like water, but it's alcoholic sake? Yeah. Okay. Because that I could get on. Like, I the kids could do are like, they've got little kids using the water fountain after playing football and, and they're, they're getting, getting pissed. Yeah, cool. But the youngest team member of the team, um, Remy, she's like the martial artist of the team. Yeah. And so she just gets a bottle of wine and just keeps down in it so she can get more drunk and she beats the monster up yeah. using drunken boxing. I love drunken boxing. And that's like four episodes in. Um, and it keeps just constantly shooting all over the place in tone for the whole thing. It's not like normal Super Sentai where it's like you'll have a funny episode and then a couple of serious ones and then or maybe the tone of the show is more comedic or something. Yeah. This just goes all over the place. There's like episodes where there's a giant monster from another planet who's been paid to come to Earth and blow shit up, but it turns out he's just a child and he needs a school teacher, so one of the someone so one of the five man's teaching maths. Oh. Um <laughs> And she sits there teaching him math, and there's a whole montage of her <laughs> teaching this giant monster how to do maths, <laughs> so he can pass his tests. Um, like a part way through the series, they introduce these little glove puppet dolls of the five man team. The kids had made them, and somehow they come to life or something. And for ten episodes, they're just like randomly commenting on the stuff that's going on. So you'll have a, like the Red Ranger will be in trouble, and they go, "Oh no, he's in trouble! Gaku's in think he's in trouble. We need to help him." And there's a puppet of one of the villains, and he's like, "No, no, string him up, ah, like that." And then they just disappear. They just they just stop appearing. Like someone tried it for ten episodes, it wasn't working, mate. We're not selling these dolls we made, and then gone. Um, and it just keeps doing that. The last five episodes stick to a tone. It's the finale. I imagine, like usual, they just wanted to stick this one continuous story. Yeah. Um, pretty rad finale. Robot gets all busted up, destroyed, and it reminds me of in Power Rangers when they destroyed the Thunder Megazord because that was done with the American studio and they seem to kill him in the exact same way. Having the arm get lopped off, then the head lops off, then the Zord falls over and stuff. And Oh, yeah, I remember that because they, yeah. they were introduced new ones for the film. No, the film has the film's not ca- canon. Oh. Yeah. But well, that was the start of season three. But it was the same, exact same destruction of the Zord, although they rebuild it in five man in like two episodes. It's not that big a deal. Um, 
But what? I don't, don't what? An EverDrive card for our PC engine. No. But um, yeah, it's like it's a fun series. I like all the silliness in it. I like all the melancholy stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a, one of the villains called Chevalier. Turns up halfway through the series and he lands his spaceship. Yeah. He's very swish. He's yeah. not like all the other villains who are swish. just like a, just like bastards. Hi, He's, I'm Chevalier. He comes out, comes along. All the women love him. Everyone falls in love with him. Even. There's like the monsters take their orders from a giant floating head in the sky yeah. of a woman, and even she's in love with him. Um, and he just sings all the time. Um, he sings songs for the five man. He sings happy birthday to one of them, oh. and then kills him. Oh. Um, there's a time travel episode thing goes on. Oh, so he comes back. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fun, but um, yeah, it's really wacky to what really just fun to watch a series where clearly they're just trying everything they can. It's the first time in Super Sentai they get armor power up as well. They get little shoulder pads Ooh. and elbow and like arm pads and knee pads. So adequate armor to fight people with. Yeah, and then they launch themselves like a cannonball straight through people. Um, the one where they introduce the armor, the Blue Ranger puts get powers up, puts the armors on. The robot mecha's been knocked to the ground and he puts himself in the mecha's cannon yeah. in his arm and launches himself out the cannon straight through the villain, <laughs> straight through the monster and blows him up. Bit harsh, but you know. You gotta do what you gotta do to fight the monsters. Yeah. Um, have their monsters run around. And it's a place. fun, fun, memorable team. Um, Who's your favourite? Is it the young person who got drunk? Yeah, Remy, she's quite cool. Yeah. Because she's a drunkard. Um, but no, she's, she's the one who does all the cool stuff in the show. It's clear they knew she was going to be the popular one in the team from the start. Yeah. Um, I think it's the only Super Sentai team where they have earrings on the girls' helmets for some reason. Really? Yeah, they got little earrings dangling off the. That seems like a fucking hazard. Yeah, a bit what weird. Are they attached to? Dangling. I don't know how they don't break off. How do they not? What are they attached to their ears on the inside? No, it's on the. They got little ear-shaped things on the side. Yeah. Of little round cups. Um, I like the you know costumes are good. Zords are good. It's got combined. It's got two Zords that combine into one new one. I think that's the first time they did that. Where there's two giant mecha that combine. Got a giant fortress that can't move because you need to sell the playset for the base. And the base playset needs to do something. Yeah. And you put one of the Zords inside it and then you put the side bits on top of it and it has cannons, but it can't move because it's another giant frigging base thing. It's just a big square of plastic. Kind of kind of like if you've made a toy out of a tombstone by sticking guns to it. It looks like that. Good design. <laughs> no. They're a bit more agile nowadays in Super Sentai. They got danger of going back to that immobile mess, but nowadays they move. Yeah. But um, this one's just. Yeah, I remember. I remember that we spoke about a couple of the series where they basically just had five points of articulation, like their legs can move, their arms can move. Their five. Head that's that's, a, bit, that's yeah. a bit much. This one doesn't even move its legs. Yeah. It doesn't. As far as I can tell, it doesn't even roll forward. Um, the bad bad guy just needs to step out of the way of its range, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, no, fun, weird, crazy, wacky series that's insane. And next year they did Jetman. Jetman! I did find it funny at the end, they're heading off into space. Because spoilers for a 30-year-old TV series, their parents aren't really dead. They find out in the last few episodes that their parents are still alive for sure. And you head out to space and you don't see them meet their parents, which is a bit... But I found it funny when the end credits finished rolling as they're flying through space. It yeah. goes straight to, next week, new Super Sentai series starting. Here's Jetman. Some aliens are invading Earth and it's in grave danger. We need a new heroes to save us. It's like straight after all the heroes of this series have left. <laughs> so, I Bye. Bye. 
that we, me and some buddies were trying to work out what years of peace there have been in Japan over the course of Super Sentai. As no. far as we could tell, um, there's the one year in 1995 because O Ranger is set in 1999. Okay. And, um, Q Ranger in 2016, 15, 16, 17, because that's set in another dimension. Oh. Um, so there's only been two years of peace since Super Sentai started. How much more peace which do people need? Which starts to make me think, maybe it's the fault of the Super Sentai. Maybe if they weren't... Maybe they're attracting all this evil. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think that's offensive. Mm. Um, well, you know what they say in Avengers? Your presence invites challenge. Well, you know what they say in Dark... In Batman Begins, yeah. you bring guns, they bring grenades or some shit. And then you dress up like a bat. Well, here's a new guy, and he gives you a card. It says Joker on it. Oh it's yeah, like, it's just like it's Joker. just like the Dark Knight Rises, where he says, where he says, "I'm not wearing a hockey mask." Yeah, <laughs> well, it's like the Dark Knight Rises. That's in Dark Knight, not in Dark Knight Rises. Oh yeah, so that was the Dark Knight. It's like the Dark Knight Rises, where he says, "Darkness, you better talk to the darkness." Yeah. I was born of this twisted mind. It would be born. very painful for oh, you. <laughs> ah, the Dark Knight. It's two done. faces. <laughs> His uh, face and my face! Oh, God. Harley Quinn's last episode is next Friday oh. for the second series, and it has been one banger of a fucking series. It's been really, really strong. You have to review that next time. I know, I'm going to. I'm you going have to, to review something now as well. I have to review something now! So I am going to review something a little bit older. But I watched five seasons of a program this last week. <laughs> Which isn't crazy at all. Older than what? Pardon? Older than what? 2017. Older than what? What? You say it's a program that's a little older. Older than what? A little bit older than what I would normally review. Oh. So it's a little bit... It's in the past. It's in the past. I can do this. 2017? That's years ago. Uh, Who cares about a show from 2017? I can review that show or I can review Suicide Squad again because I watched the super extended version. Just talk about whatever it is you... So I watched... I watched an original Australian series called Review with with Mike... uh, With Mike McNeil. And it is a program, and the premise is that man is tasked with reviewing um, aspects of life sent to him by uh, by viewers. So it can be anything from addiction to getting divorced to you know, like any any anything that someone says. I'm thinking about leaving my wife. Could you tell me what it's like to get divorced? And then he'll go and he'll enact that life choice to let them know what it's like. Um, and it is completely to the detriment of his own existence and safety. He's an Australian bloke. So basically there's one where it's like, I got, uh, so I have to deal with addiction. Firstly, I tried a few different avenues. The basics, as you would. So I started smoking. I started drinking coffee. And then he starts doing drugs and it just escalates. It's a bit like Always Sunny and how they have like a small premise and that just balloons out of control because they're awful people. This guy's not awful. He just fully commits to these ideas. Um, and uh, there's an episode. There's an episode in particular. So uh, normally during each episode, there are like three or four suggestions from the audience, and then he he goes and acts. Oh, is this an improv thing? No, it's not improv. It's all filmed. It's like a it's like oh. a single camera sitcom. Oh. So for some of them, they'll, the camera will be further away, and others they'll they'll be told to stay close so they can actually like record it. Other ones he'll be like, just stay back and record it from a distance, and I'm going to try and survive in the woods and stuff like that. It's not it's not reality TV. It is all staged and scripted and so on. Um, but there's one episode where he decides that he, um, someone sends him a thing saying, saying, I'm scared of the dark. What's it like to know true fear though? <laughs> and so <laughs> he goes and he rents a cabin in the sticks mm. and he sets up like a bunch of chains and things like that. He hires a local child that looks slightly challenged. <laughs> 
to, to run around and randomly appear in places. And then he hires people randomly from the sticks. So these are all like, basically like their, uh, attempt, they're, they're like the people from Deliverance. Less rapey, but they're like the people from Deliverance. And he goes, randomly show up at my house and ask for stuff I, I, you know, stuff that I could never really deliver and then eventually just escalate the situation into violence by coming back and forth to the house over and over again. So, um, so the first guy that he's hired turns up. So he drives to the property, gets out of his car, and he goes, oh! and the little boy's there bouncing a ball <laughs> randomly. He's like, oh, Timmy. Um, okay, well, uh, I guess I guess the experiment started. I'm going to experience true fear. And he's, like, setting up his chains. And, so, and, like, he's turned to the camera for a second to say, like, this, this thing. And he turns back, and Timmy's disappeared. And, like, he goes into the house. And as he goes into the house, he goes, I've set up my chains. I've set up some food, some music, some stuff to entertain myself so I can hopefully dissuade myself from feeling true fear and he goes and he closes the door and immediately there's a knock on the door and he goes oh um and he goes and slowly opens the door and there's like a dude with like a raggedy beard and he goes he goes can I borrow a cup of milk and the guy's like oh no we don't have any I don't have any milk I've just I'm just here for the night I didn't bring any milk or anything like that um I is there anything you know is there a shop close by could I drive you And and the guy's like no milk and then walks off and then as he's closing the door the guy comes around and pops in and goes did I do all right He's like, he's like, mm-hmm. dude, fuck off, fuck off, go away. He's like, he's like, okay, I'm going now. And as he disappears, you see the kid standing in the distance. <laughs> and, and it escalates to the point where the, the people are terrorizing him and he decides he's going to drive off, but they've locked the gate and all this other stuff. So yeah, as he's running out of the house, he sees Timmy, grabs Timmy, loves Timmy in the car, gets to the car and goes, Timmy, we're driving out of here. And he's reversing up, hits the gate and it's been chained up. And he turns back around and Timmy's gone out the side of the car, but the door's still closed. And so he gets, he gets to this car door and then like there's people outside, so they drag him out. And as they're dragging him out, one of them goes, oh God, I've been stabbed. And there's just Timmy holding this knife. <laughs> and covered in blood and they all run off and they go oh we didn't we didn't sign up for this oh god I gotta go see a bloody doctor <laughs> like that and, and then it, it's just this kid slowly approaching Mike and then it cuts to him being back in the back in the studio and he's like so if you want to experience true fear all you need to do is accidentally hire a local psychopath <laughs> who happens to look like a 12 year old boy but such a 26 year old serial killer <laughs> that's how oh, I yeah, experience dude. true fear <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, before he could stab me, the sun rose and he disappeared, which is perfectly normal. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> like that. Um, it's fantastic and it's really deadpan humor and he does great. And there are some really stupid episodes. There's one where he, he decides that he wants a paramour that's half his age. So he starts dating this 15 year, that, uh, no, she says she's 17. For that, later in the second series, he finds out she's 14. She was lying to him the whole time. But, when he first meets her, she's like, I've got to go see my grandma. Do you want to come see my grandma? And he's like, oh, all right, I guess I can come and meet your family. I'll meet your grandma. I'll meet your parents at some point as well. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love you. And he's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Fine. Uh, and they go meet his grandma. And it, like, is, she's just completely out of it. She's like lucid a lot of the time, like in and out. And eventually, like, his monologue to the camera, because he has like moments where he, he basically has like uh, spoken segments to narrate what's going on. He goes, I initially found the idea of having a lover half my age quite alluring but now I've decided having a lover double my age and being the younger person in that relationship was really what I wanted all along and so this this poor woman who doesn't quite know what's going on is being seduced by a man who just keeps saying yes to everything that she wants to do and then he's there late one evening and she goes maybe you just stay over for the night and he goes well I 
I could just sleep on the sofa, I guess. I'm a little bit tired. We have had quite a bit of brandy, which seems to be your drink of choice. <laughs> and she's like, no, you can stay in my bed. <laughs> and then the girl comes over the next day. And he's, he just quickly chucks on the the old woman's nightdress. <laughs> Bollock and penis are poking out the bottom of it. <laughs> They're blurred. Oh, it's just, it's fucking, it's stupid, but it's fun. Um, anyway, so that was made in like 2012 to 2014. So I had two seasons. And it ends with him going to prison for a lot of the crimes that he commits. Because when I was like, What's it feel like to murder a person? The underage girl thing obviously throws it over. <laughs> he goes to court over that and he's like, he's like, well, at the time she was, she was 17, so it was legal. And they're like, she was 15. It's like, it's like, wait, how old are you when I met you? And she's like, 14. He's like, don't answer that in court. <laughs> like that. She's, well, 15. It's like, it's like, and you also had sex with her today. And she goes, well, she's 18. And she's like, she's 17. It's like, what? What? How old are you? And she goes, I'm 19. And, goes, and the court's just like, dismiss that from the record. She is 17. <laughs> we know she's 17. But yeah, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, so it got remade in America. So it got remade in America with Andy Daly, who I'm sure you know, he wears glasses. He's always affable. He's very pleasant. Most of the things he's in, he was in Eastbound and Down. He played the principal and things like that. He's always oh, like... Eastbound. Down. Uh, yeah. But he's been he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, he plays the first. He's he's now Mike McNeil. It's now Forrest McNally. Who's recording? These are both. Doing? It's just one long thing. It's the same. It's actually the same series that kind of comes into it. That's why it's five seasons. So the American one, they do a lot of the same gags. So there's a lot of the same scenarios, but obviously they're heightened because the budget's a lot higher on the American version. Um, but then they get to a third season, which the Australian series never did, because he gets released from prison in the American version. And then the last episode is um, Mike McNeil calls into the show to give him to give him a recommendation. The first recommendation is... Uh, so the show, the final episode, the first two are like simple things that I think it's... What's it feel like to be a co-host and blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's and it's not very interesting. And then it gets to the third question is his ex-wife, who he is... Who dis, who completely... Dis, like, he divorced her as one of their little trials, like as in one of the episodes. And so she gives him an ultimatum. She goes, Forrest, I'm giving you one last chance. What would it be like to never review anything ever again. And he goes, oh, so I can, you know, this is my out. I can leave this job. I can go on to love my family, be with my family, and all of the stuff that I've done, the horrible stuff, including the super gonorrhea, which he gets from prison, which is a whole different thing. He sleeps with his wife after getting a a drug-resilient strain of super gonorrhea and doesn't tell her. And then she finds out. And it's not pleasant, obviously, because it's gonorrhea, STD, it's awful. Uh, But yeah, so... uh, so yeah, so she gives him an out. She says, like, what would it be like never to review a thing? And he goes, and he goes, I could be the happiest I've ever been. But then his producer, who is, who is fantastic. He's just a guy who essentially, whenever Forrest goes, I want to veto this. Like when they, when it comes to the killer person episode and stuff like that, he's like, I want to veto this. Cause he gets given the power to veto one review in the second series. Mm-hmm. And in the third series, he gets unlimited vetoes. He can veto whatever he wants. In the second series, he wants to veto the killer man one. And the, his producer, Grant, is just like, you could veto this. Or you could make the most explosive piece of TV that's ever existed. And he goes, yeah, but it's illegal to do that. And he goes, is it? And he goes, well, yeah, it's definitely illegal. And he's like, but most explosive. And he goes, you're right. I'm not vetoing to kill a man. I am going to go out and, and like, he goes to court for it. And it's just, but yeah, so he gets, he gets an ultimatum and then he decides, like, Grant just appears as he gets this question. Do you want to live the rest of your life? Never review anything again. You can be happy and all this other stuff. And Grant appears and he goes, he goes, you're making the right choice. Or are you? Mm. Is your best work ahead of you? And he goes, but I can finally see my son and my wife again. And he goes, ex-wife. And also, wouldn't your son be more proud of you 
if he saw the kind of cutting-edge TV that you've been making for this show, you could do something that's so incredible your son will want to come see you rather than be obligated by some arbitrary veto that you've made. He's like, oh, God, I am going to veto this. <laughs> like, he vetoes it. And then the next one is, what's it feel like to be pranked? But it's the Australian guy, so it's it's Mike McNeil. And it's sort of, he goes, hi, I'm Mike McNeil. I originally had your job in Australia. Uh, what I'm going to ask you is, is... It's weird you've never reviewed being hit by a car. Anyway, what's it like to be pranked? <laughs> like that. And so the prank is he suddenly he then gets told that the whole thing has been cancelled. Everything's been cancelled. And like he gets told by Grant, so he doesn't believe he's like, oh Grant, you're playing along, you're pranking me. And it's like, imagine how heartbreakingly sad it would be if my show that I've just given up my wife and potential like potential to see my kid for like be happy for the rest of my life. What if I gave that up? Just as I was about to be cancelled, that'd be insane, wouldn't it? And he's like, yes, that would be insane for us. And that's actually what's happening. It's very tragic, but it's going to make spectacular TV. And I was like, wait, <laughs> you're good. You're great. And then, like, towards the end of the episode, he goes through this whole, like, denial thing, and it's really quite sad. Uh, but at the same time, it's funny because Andy Daly's doing this great narration. And he goes and he, he sits down in his office, like, oh, God, where is everybody? And where are all the printers? And he goes and sits down in his chair, and there's, like, this fart noise, this prolonged fart noise. And he sits up, and he's like, oh, whoopee cushion. And I post it now, and it's like, here's what it feels like to be pranked, Mr. McNeil. I miss working with you. And it's like, oh, my interns have left me a treat. You know, it's a bit of a hat on the hat with the other pranks going on, so uh, not really enjoying that one. <laughs> and then he goes back to the studio, does a review last episode ever. It's really like, it's such a weird comedy premise, and it's such a weird series, because, I mean, the Australian one, I'd say the Australian one's the better of the two. The American one is in its own invention a hat on a hat because they do a lot of the same reviews and stuff mm. and Addiction's nowhere near as funny because whilst Andy Daly they have a bigger budget and stuff like that so they do weird ones like what's it like to be the perfect man he goes through cosmetic surgery and he ends up becoming obsessed mm. <laughs> he gets gets a penis implant and he's like standing naked in the men's toilet Grant comes in and he goes how are you doing there Forrest and it's like it's like Oh yeah, I'm just looking at myself in the mirror and it, it, it pans out a little bit and you can see that he's completely nude in the centre of the men's toilets looking at himself in the mirror. <laughs> and Grant just goes, eh, I think symmetry is meant to be involved in The Perfect Man, but I like what you did with the dick and it zooms out a little bit more and the dick goes down to his knees. <laughs> it's just all blurred and pixelated. You can see it dangles through that. Anyway, yeah. most, most of the series is on um, Comedy Central's YouTube. So loads of people can watch this now. You can watch it anywhere in the world, which is good because it was never released in the UK except on Amazon for you have to pay for it. Um, and the Australian one's all up there as well. And I recommend people watch it because it's, like I said, it's such a weird comedy premise. It's not something I've seen before. Yeah. And the idea of it's really good. It, it feels a bit like Nathan for you before Nathan for you. Because I think Nathan for you started when the American version of Review started. So I think that maybe that was born from them seeing that sort of premise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, really good. Really, really fucking good. Um, it's not perfect by any means, but it's it's something that I I think that people really enjoy if they get a chance to see it. So I'd recommend it. Julianne Moore. What about Julianne Moore? Oh, that's my rating for it. It's quite high. It's not perfect. There's like a little bit of space before you get to like like a Helen. It's Hunt. not really a rating. That's just the name of a person. I know, right? Fantastic. That seems like a very silly thing. Are you going to watch do. it? No. You're going to watch it no. anyway. Your review, Ant. Why would I watch shows? On television. The internet's not TV, Grandpa. Yes, it is. It's the same thing. Give me coffee and TV. Do you have to burp like that? Yeah. Are you proud? Yes. God. Right. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, It's all right. <laughs> it's fine, isn't it? Yeah. It's Diablo for kids. 
it kind of reminds me of Torchlight a little bit, but not as involved. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun enough. It's a very slight game. There's only like how many stages? Like ten stages. There's some secret stages you can find as you go along. Yeah. But um, there seems to be anyway. I found a cave. But yeah, it's it's what it's hack and slash RPG. We've played it. Yeah, I played a bit. And, uh, yeah, there's not much, there's very little going on in it. Yeah, there's only like seven or eight levels, isn't there? There's about ten levels. Is it ten? Yeah. I played for a more, I can't yeah. I? The idea is, is it wants you to play it again at harder difficulties and yeah. get a better gear and all this sort of stuff. And It's very much a Borderlands They're selling style. like a whole bunch of extra DLC for it, aren't they? Oh, and yeah. yeah. But the game's only like, was it like 20 quid on its own or something? I think it's £12 on the eShop. Nah, it's about 16 at least on eShop. Oh, they got it? a launch discount, I think. Oh, okay. But um, it's on Game Pass. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can get your buddies together. It's a bit awkward setting it up. You can't just invite to a group. You have to start a game and then they have to join the game. Which is weird. Yeah, it's a weird we, way of doing it. We had three people ready to play. Yeah. And we had to... I had to make friends with Paul to hear his voice at one point. Yeah. And then... But I think that's just Xbox being... Yeah, awkward. Xbox Lives. But on Xbox One, Xbox Lives... Group systems a mess. Mm. Um, but no, it's kind of alright. Apparently, there's a cow level hidden in there. I want to find that because I want to hit oh, some Oh, like cows. Diablo 2. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just go through a bunch of areas that are based on biomes from um, friggin' Minecraft and it all looks like Minecraft. There's no attempt to put any crafting function in there. It's no. just kind of weird. Mm. I kind of feel like maybe like your home base, they could have done something where you're building your base up or something. I think that too much inventory ma- like management would have made it too similar to other stuff. Yeah. I think if they simplify it, it means that it's like I think really it is a the- quick hit game, isn't it? It's yeah. not like it's not like I don't think you're meant to play it for protracted sessions. No, we played it for two hours and I think we reached the like sort of limit for a week. Yeah, um, it's yeah. it's most the the. Closest thing it really has to Minecraft is that the levels are randomly generated, they're procedurally generated. Are they? Because I yeah. know a lot that are very similar. No, they do change. They are. Different. They just have like large chunks that. Are sort yeah, of, yeah. Okay. But you go into it, and it generates a level out for you. But um, that seems to be like, as far as I can tell, anyway. At least when I was playing it again, it didn't seem like it was the same level when me and Paul went to the swamp one the second time. Because you know, because you ruined it. Because you keep running off. Yeah. And you go and try and take on bosses on your own instead Look, of... I could play the game by myself. Mm. Did you know? Yeah. Are you happy with that? Yeah. Are you proud of yourself? Uh, I, I yeah. am. Um, no, it's fun enough. I can see the DLC is going to be like their way of milking it as much as possible. Yes. It's going to be four packs, I think, or something like that. The first one's already on the map when you get there. You can see where it's going to be. Yeah, in the bottom right corner. Yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing... How many biomes are there on Minecraft now? Because there's no many. Nether Realm, which I thought was weird. I was expecting at least... I mean, I have to, didn't do the last level. That's the only level I haven't bothered doing yet. Um, unless maybe that opens to a Nether Realm. I don't know. Probably doesn't. But I thought it was kind of weird there was no Nether in there. It's mm. just the what a swamp, pumpkin patch, desert, ice, land, there's a castle, stuff like that. Um, you know, there's no there's no shops or anything like that. You have like a shop where you just like buy a random item. Yeah. It's not a regular shop. You just buy a random, you get a random item, which it's like a bit of a mobile phone thing, that isn't it? To just get random shit. I think it was originally intended to be like a mobile phone Maybe. game. Maybe. It's not Diablo Immortal. Do you kids not have mobile phones? Is that coming out ever? No, it's been two years, hasn't it, since they announced yeah. it or something? I don't know. How long does it take to make a mobile phone game? I think they've given up. Because that was a disastrous thing when they and Blizzard did that whole conference thing, wasn't it? It was like, here's a mobile phone game. Do you guys not have phones? 
Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, we want a real Diablo yeah. game, you people. What the fuck are you talking about? Read the room. Good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's very much Minecraft. It's very much a Diablo for kids, though. It's it's on the same sort of level as, like, Lego games and stuff and yeah. all that sort of thing. It's I have no problem Skylanders. with Skylanders existing. It's not yeah. quite as insidious as as your Clash of Clans and shit like that, because... Yeah. Well, it's not got, not got microtransactions. It's just got that DLC... Well, it doesn't have microtransactions yet. No, I, I don't reckon think it's going to be a mobile phone game. Uh, I don't think they'll add any... I think they'll just do the DLC and that'll be it. One thing I will say is that um, they have picked a really good... They picked a really good distance to draw to have your character away, like the the isometric style and the it zooms distance. in and out. Does it? Yeah, changes when you're playing it. But being being at like a being at like the standard distance, it looks pretty good. Yeah, you don't expect something to, this simplistic to look as good as it does. But they've clearly gone. Let's just keep everything HD, crisp, clear, nice. Yeah, I saw the Switch version. It's very similar. It's just got like slightly simpler shadows and mm. like the texture quality is not quite as good but I mean there's blocky textures and everything yeah they're not as sharp as no. they are on the Xbox but it really doesn't look much different it just runs at half the frame rate that's the it's only 30 yeah um, if you play Minecraft Dungeons on the base PS4 and Xbox One though they run at 30 as well oh okay yeah it only hits 60 on PS4 Pro and the X- I think is it the X. X1 the Tegra X1 that's in there the NVIDIA chip that's in the Switch yeah it's like that it's like 52 core Processing. Yeah, it's like a 30-year-old chip in there. Well, it's not 30, it's 5. It was the same one that was yeah. in the NVIDIA Shield, but that's the same chip that ran the HD... Um, the NVIDIA Shield back in the day mm. was the one that had no that. No one had an NVIDIA Shield. I did. I had the tablet and I had the TV thing. Yeah, weirdo. Yeah, but I had the tablet that I got from a job lot. You'd buy a friggin' Ouya if you saw one. I had. I, I bought a job lot of four of those NVIDIA Shield tablets with pens, and all of them were reported to be broken, not working. And I charged them using a different cable than the one they provide, and they all turned on. And I sold them for about 150 quid each. I kept one. I kept that one for two years, and then I reported it to NVIDIA, because apparently they had a battery recall, and they gave me $199.99. So $200, I guess. Um, they gave me $200 back as a credit, and then also they told me to destroy it myself. Yeah. So I sold it to someone on eBay for 110 quid and said... I sold it as spares or repairs because if you connect it to the internet, it would have shut it down. But like mm. you could sideload shit, um, and they're really strong tablets. So that that process is ridiculous. Like it is, it is. It was capable of 4K in 2015. It was like the first 4K set top box. Did streaming and everything else, but then it also had ports of Resident Evil Five, Portal Two. Like it was playing like proper. Like so, it's always been a powerful chip. It's just they downgraded it. Well, not Mine's downgraded. So about Nvidia Shield now. Because I was talking about Minecraft and what's going on, and the graphics, and how powerful the chip is in the uh, Switch. Because you're all right, fine. Never mind. Never mind. Don't worry about it. Uh, Don't worry about it. Minecraft. Yeah, it looks like Minecraft. That's all it matters. It looks pretty good for a game that is just Minecraft, but like, but like back out. I wouldn't mind seeing other games in this. Like, if they just started like adding like stupid little shit like Minecraft kart races and stuff, that could work perfectly fine. I don't see a problem with the business format of spinning Minecraft out into other games. There's still a Minecraft game that's a rip-off of Lego Worlds. What's another game that's like... They should do a Minecraft game that's like... Ark. Yeah, Dragon Quest Wars Rust. Builders. Like Rust. How has there not been a Minecraft puzzle game yet? Well, Minecraft is technically a puzzle it's, game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I want blocks. I want Poyo Poyo, but with Poyo Minecraft, Minecraft blocks. So and then this creeper drops in and he gets ah, and blows up the thing. 
Um, but like, yeah, it could I, be like Dino. What's that? Dino no, Bomberman. Bomberman. The Bomberman puzzle game they did on the years ago. Years ago, I think it was the SNES. I can't remember. No idea. It was good. Puzzle was good. Super Puzzle Man. I think it was like that Pac-Man one. Similar. I can't remember. But anyway, Minecraft bun- Dungeons Funyuns. Yeah. Fuji's and Funyuns. It's simple. I'm not seeing any of the. Uh, I'm not seeing any of the uh, the sort of sinister shit you normally get in these kids games. I don't know, that Enderman's pretty sinister. I'm, I liked it. I liked it, and I went back and played because we played it for two hours. Like I said, downloaded it, played it for two hours on the first night it came out. Yeah. Um, and then I went back. I've been... Uh, been going back to it every so often. Burping again. But half an hour is enough to complete two levels and just... and rinse the weapons. The only thing about that random weapon shit is that you get some overpowered stuff that just makes it easy to breeze through levels, and it kind of... That's your fault for running off ahead on yeah. your own. My fox armor. Mm. Best armor in the game. Still got it. I'm all. Well, me and Paul figured out that you could choose what enchantments you have. Yeah, 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 I know. It you took just, me a while. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I was just like, right. I just thought you got a random enchantment. No, Paul, Paul found that out the first night we were playing it, and then both of yeah. us ignored him. And then I went back and played it the next day, and I was like, what the fuck did Paul mean? And I went like, ah, oh, I see what's going on here. Yeah, he yeah. didn't explain it properly. Paul's he a bad not. tutorial. Yeah, he is a bad tutorial. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I don't mind it. I think that you know it's good that there's someone like this is out there. Mm. I think that there's a lot of potential in that. They bought Minecraft for billions upon billions, and they haven't fucking done anything with the name. Yeah, the they've done a bunch of Minecraft stuff. Just Minecraft, more Minecraft. Yeah, Minecraft Deathmatch. They've done Minecraft stores. They've got that Minecraft mobile thing, haven't they? Minecraft World or whatever it's called. It hasn't been released yet, has it? It's on beta thing, isn't it? People are testing it. <laughs> um, they use it as an educational thing. So yeah, I know, they probably yeah. get a shit ton of money out of it. It's a Minecraft movie. <laughs> oh, you're Rob McGill? Uh, no, he's not doing that now. I think is he he's, not? Yeah, I think he's off of that now. Oh. They need to get Quentin Tarantino to make it. Who was in the Minecraft game? Was it Jack Black was one of the people in that? What? In the, what, in the Telltale game? Yeah. That was um, Patton Oswalt was the voice of yeah. the boy verge character because you pick a boy or a girl, couldn't you? And I think yeah. the girl was... Was it Felicia? No, it wasn't Felicia Day or someone else. Someone's a Felicia Day type, probably. Right. Yeah, Minecraft Dungeons, it's passable. Cool. So game Pass. Passible. Yeah, if you've got Game Pass, you can download it. I just got charged for Game Pass today. That's good. So now I've got 80 quid left. I you, you at 10 or so I'll send you that. Someone... Also. Venmo me some money. Yeah. <coughs> I'm a lost cause. Anyway, what's your third review? Yeah, third. Um, I watched a movie. No, you didn't. I watched Fuck a off. movie. There's no movies around anymore. I watched a new movie. So, what do you get when Paul Blart Moorcock Turns bad. What? What happens when Paul Blart moves? Fuck it, I'm not going to review Becky. It's a survival film like Home Alone. It's alright, it's not as gory as I wanted it to be. Uh, bleh. Um, I'm going to review Scoob instead. When? I haven't reviewed Scoob yet, have oh, I? Have you reviewed the wrong miss? I haven't, remo- I haven't reviewed Scoob yet, have I? No. Scoob! Oh, Scoob! Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? You're not here in this fucking weird supernatural Hanna Barbera world. It's an origin world. story. Of it's Scooby-Doo. not an origin story. It's not an origin story. Shut up. <laughs> so, um, so Scooby Doo is the Scoob is the is the um, CGI uh, retelling of the origins of Scoob and some of the Hanna Barbera characters. Um, it is fine. It's saccharine sweet. And has almost no, like, there's a villain, but he's kind of got motivations that you understand. 
mm-hmm. at some points, and 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 the whole thing is Scooby's a villain. No, so what? Scooby-Doo is the origin of Scoob and, and Shaggy's friendship. Basically, Scoob is running away with a giant kebab skewer full of meat. You know, like the rotating meat from kebab shops. He makes one of those and meets Shaggy, and Shaggy protects him and says, "Oh, his name is Scooby Dooby Doo. He's my dog." And then from then on, the friendship is born. Somehow, inexplicably, Scooby has survived until the age of 35. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how old Shaggy is in this. Played by Will Forte for the first time and not um, Matthew Lillard, who's been voicing him for the last 10 years, 15 years, apparently. Yeah. Um, and doing a damn good job. I didn't realise how good Matthew Lillard until I, until I heard Will Forte, who, who I fucking love as an actor. He just doesn't really nail it in this. Yeah, but they wanted Will Forte because chances are his mates were making it. Probably. Um, Zach Efron plays Fred and then... Um, I can't remember who plays the other characters. I know that Mark Wahlberg's in there as well, um, along with Tracy Jordan. Does he Jordan. assault any Asians? No. Oh. Uh, the, whole, the whole idea of the thing is that um, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy are bowling and they get kidnapped by robots. Turns out the robots are actually um, helpers <laughs> of a superhero played by Mark Wahlberg who has a team of people that fight crime for him. So whenever he appears, he's just sort of like the showy, hey, I'm here, everyone. And everybody's like, oh, look at him. He's the hero. But really, it's his team, this cybernetic dog that help it, that, that do all the crime fighting. And he just sort of takes credit. Um, so he has his own issues and has his own challenges. Much like Shaggy, they sort of connect on this level because they're both cowardly and they both struggle with fear when they're in the the you know the situations they deal with on a day to day basis um and it, 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 like the problem is the main villain is 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 dastardly dick dastardly of wacky racist fame yeah um and the whole point of it is that Muttley got trapped in a in a supernatural other world like an egyptian other world um because they were trying to steal treasure from a giant giant door that can only open if two friends put that well can only open if the right dog puts their paw on the door. Not only that, can only be locked if both part, if both the the dog and its best friend or owner put their paws hand on the door at the same time, and then locks it. Mm-hmm. So obviously, there's going to be a sacrifice at some point. It's, it, it's all just it's super sweet and it's fine, and I'm sure for kids this is great. But for me, it just the thing about those other ones are that although they were kids' films and I, I can't say that I'm a fan of them now I haven't watched them in a very long time but they were kind of cool special effects things they're a bit weird and oh, the Scooby-Doo movies yeah the ones written by James Gunn were they both written by James Gunn yeah they, they were kind of weird kind of sinister and like they had horror undertones and they dealt with like some pretty weird shit and you know what was nice about that was that the Scooby squad were essentially the same people they are in the cartoons they just split up because they got sick of each other's shit yeah and, like, they grew as people. That was kind of the point. Like, um, Velma... Vel- Daphne is the blonde one. There isn't a blonde one. Daphne is the brunette The blonde one. one's Fred. The ginger one? Redhead. Redhead. Daphne. Daphne. Yeah. So Daphne went off and became a martial artist because she was sick of being caught all the time. Mm. Fred started to try and learn about things because he was fed up of being the dumb, blonde, jock guy who saved the day all the time. And then Velma was, like, sort of... Well, Velma was just trying to be more confident in who she was and... Scooby and Shaggy were just getting high and eating aubergine burgers because they were vegetarians for some reason in those films. Uh, you know, like, that's fine. That was all fine. All these characters were doing so. The problem with Scoob and Shaggy are that they're always Scoob and Shaggy. They're always just those characters. So they don't really evolve or change. 
So when you've got a new film and they're introduced and you're like, oh, immediately I know who these people are. You know, that's just a bit... We've had that. We've had that for 60 years. And I get that like kids maybe not recognise that, but you don't need to show them becoming best friends because everybody knows they're best friends. They're a double act. They're like a historic double act. Kids don't know about Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And one of the nice things are there is a Tracy Jordan as Captain Caveman cameo. Mm. Captain Caveman is, for anyone who doesn't know this... You should probably re- be recognising all the other Hanna-Barbera characters in the film. Well, there's Dick Dustley, there's um, Muttley's... Muttley makes an appearance towards the end, and you've got Captain <laughs> Caveman, and there is another character, I can't remember which one it is. The big superhero guy is freaking... Um, can't remember his name, but he's one of them. Harvey Birdman? Yeah, not Harvey Birdman. <laughs> but it's all, the whole thing's... Oh, okay. Hannah, because they're, they're trying to launch yeah, a whole yeah, bunch yeah, of yeah, Hanna-Barbera yeah. It's, it's, things. It doesn't really work. But Captain Caveman was a really weird show that was shown more in England, I think, than anywhere else in the world. I don't really think people remember it in America. No, they love it in America. Do they? Yeah, they had serials and oh, stuff. Okay. But anyway, yeah, Captain Caveman makes an appearance play by Tracy Jordan. And Tracy Jordan's a good person to get, like, a slightly unhinged character. Hmm. Like, he plays that well. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, that's like a fun little nod. But it just, like I said, it's... Uh, I, I, I don't need everything to be, like, horror-tinged. I don't need that in everything, but I just... I kind of think going back a few steps is a bad idea. and It's not really. It's for little kids. One of the things that... It's for five-year-olds. One of the things that I... I've been rude about a film There's a lot of people that are angry that Matthew Lillard isn't playing Shaggy. And I tried to work out why, because I've never been that militant about who plays what. And there's, like, change of actors all the time. Like, actors change. Because the only job Matthew Lillard gets now. He's He was in The Descendants, an Oscar-winning film. He played a really good character in that. He was in Blood-Sucking Bastards. He was in... Um, he's been in quite a few different things. Nah. He, he mostly does like small roles, but he's got a lot of money. He hasn't done anything since Scream. He's got a lot of money, so I don't think he needs to do a lot. But anyway, um, he, he, there's like, so, um, I wonder why people were angry at him, and then I, I didn't know that he does a lot of horror circuits and things like that, and when he does horror conventions, because he was in Scream and shit like that, like, that's kind mm. of what he's known best for. When he does a lot of those horror conventions and stuff like that, people do sometimes take their kids, and when they take their kids, he, does stuff for free for the kids and especially like like really young kids at these mm. places he'll like do the shaggy voice and he'll talk to them and try and cheer them up and stuff. he goes out of his way a fucking lot and it kind of reminds me like all the people in that series I, I don't think Sarah Michelle Gellar really has that sort of thing in anything she does but even like Seth Green talks to people about robot chicken no, kids love her from Southland Tales <laughs> but um, so I started I started questioning like what was like is Seth this Green's just- always getting picked up on his Star Wars detours yeah. work um, I start like wondering like who else from that group and it, it's only really Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince that have sort of fallen into this Matthew Lillard and Freddie Prince love their fans like Freddie Prince the amount of like voice Freddie Prince doesn't got anything else well he does is he, he still married to Sarah Michelle Gellar? yeah, yeah. he works for WWE he works for WWE well, he, he does, for he does run he for does. WWE but he also like he does tons of D&D shit for people like he is always yeah, well, what of course. Nerd. He Disgust. likes fucking wrestling. Jesus Dungeons Christ. Dragons. He likes wrestling. Of course he's not. Uh, real big men like wrestling. But it, it also struck me as weird that, like, they didn't just use that same cast. I just, it, it feels weird for it to be, because Will Forte is about the same age as Matthew Lillard, and Zach Efron replaces Freddie Who Freddy was Birch. in the other ones? I always thought it was Thora Birch, but it's not, is it? It's not, no, it's Linda Cardini. Yeah, Thora Birch was Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, she was. Um, and I just, I, I think that would have been good. I think she was another one of Weinstein's victims. No, her dad was her, her, uh, yeah. Did you not hear about her? No. Okay, so, you know, she has a sex scene in American Beauty. Yeah. It's her first time having a sex scene on screen. Her dad directed that scene. Yeah. 
Like, she emancipated herself from her dad because he's a fucking creep. Uh. Like, he fucked up her career as well. Like, he got in, he got drunk, got into fights with producers, refused to do shit. Uh, you know Ghost World? Yeah. That was for Birch as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was the one where, like, he got super creepy. Apparently, he, like, got into fights with producers on that. And, like, really fucked up, dude. Um, well, I hope he's dead. He's not. He's still alive. Mm. But she, her career didn't recover after dealing with him. She mm. did, like, a few, like, low-budget horror movies, but she doesn't really work a ton right now which is a shame because she was a good actress really strong give her a job in random TV show yeah random TV show number nine uh, but yeah Scoop just falls flat for me but I think this would be a good one for kids I think, I, not five yeah I think that's probably ra- right I think that's definitely right it's just it was the only new release that sort of had a release like I saw The Hunt and other shit before before the lockdown so there's not really much else coming out right now except for the thing I'm going to review next but uh, but yeah, Scoop. Uh, you know what? I, there's something still. There's still something charming about those characters. And for as much as I think that it's it's saccharine sweet and it's kind of, bleh, um, I can I can definitely say that if you're a dog lover, there are times when it hits the right notes and it, it does get a little bit. It does pluck on the old heartstrings, but it doesn't. It never really just like a dog's journey. Is that the one with the oh dog? Oh God! Hip off? Do you know there's three of those films? Yeah, there's a dog's purpose, a dog's journey, and a dog's yeah, life. Fucking, it's Christian propaganda dressed it up as pretty, a dog. Yeah, film. it's all Christian propaganda. Josh Gad was in What's it. What's the one with um, Harrison Ford where they motion captured an actor? Oh, to play um, the dog? Call of the Wild. Yeah, have not watched that yet. Isn't it weird that Call of the Wild happened like a month after Togo, which was the William Defoe one? Yeah, where William Defoe actually acted with dogs. Togo. Is no, it Togo? I watched that. No, no one did. And when are we going to get Godzilla versus Cliff of the Big Red Dog? <laughs> Clifford, go save the... T- oh, he's dead. <laughs> Clifford's a kaiju. Clifford's dead. Clifford's a kaiju, man. He he's, can, he's not a kaiju He's yet. not he's done got, growing. He's got to grow yet, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, they do a Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. They should have. I think they did, yeah. It oh. wasn't live action, though. No, I want a live action one. Yeah. I want a giant hell beast. <laughs> the Cerberus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, so yeah, Scoop, it's fine. Like I said, it's fine. Uh, I, I don't... This is the problem with shit like this. You never fucking know 100% what to say. I could give it a Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's problematic as shit, but like, fine. Stone Cold's fine. Did he do anything problematic? Didn't he beat his wife? Yeah, years ago. But was he was also he was... an alcoholic. Yeah, I was going to say that. Was he doesn't really, drink now. Really fucked up. Well, he drinks. He only drinks Bud Light. He drinks non-alcoholic beer. Yeah. Didn't you know that? But um, he also loves to piss off um, conservatives. Terps. Terps and conservatives. Yeah, which is fucking hilarious because they think he's one of them and he's like, fuck you. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one getting was in the mood of him about wearing a when because he's wearing a mask. Like, shut up, dude. Yeah. And someone else was having a go at him because of like um, he was supporting the Black Lives Matter stuff, and he was. Like, yeah, wasn't it like? Wasn't his? Was it? Was it Ted Nugent that got into a fight with him? I can't remember if it was him or someone else, but it was. No, a, Ted Nugent's a piece it, of shit. It was a message like um, God said that I can have guns, and now I can have guns to protect my family. So I'm going to have guns. Ain't that right, brother? And Stan Cold Steve Austin was like, only pussies need guns to defend their family. <laughs> I was like... Yeah, there's like an interview with him where he's going on about how like it's pretty fucking ridiculous to say, like, you know, say gay people can't get married to each other, but a man can kill a bunch of kids and get pardoned and given into get into heaven. Yeah. Like, you can be forgiven and get into heaven, but if you, if you get married and you to have someone of the same gender as you, then you can't. It's like... Mm. He's like, that's fucked up, man. Yeah, it's fucked Good up. Old stone cold. But yeah, he hates, hates turfs, hates conservatives, hates fucking gun nuts. He's such a legend. Mm. And also the condemned... Beats his wife. The con- yeah, well, yeah, he does. 
He didn't kill her. <laughs> That's fucking... At least we can say that about a fucking white bloke in entertainment right now. Not like Steve McMahon. <laughs> no. Didn't a woman go missing that was dating Steve McMahon? Steve McMahon? No. Who? The, run, the guy who runs WWE. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. Sorry. No. Yeah, the woman went missing when she was dead. No, no. Superfly Jimmy Snooker girlfriend died, and then this whole thing just sort of got hushed under the carpet. Oh, okay. And someone may have been paid off to not do anything about it, and then 30 years later he got charged with the murder of her, because some more evidence came up, apparently, and people campaigned for him to be charged for it for years. Um, But he was senile by that point, so he got thrown out of court, and then he died a month later, or two days later, something like that. But yeah, Vincent May may have helped cover up a murder, which isn't actually the first covered up murder in wrestling history. Uh, you can go to Tony Atlas and his story about working in Mexico and Puerto Rico, where the promoter of a show murdered another wrestler in the, in the room and Tony Atlas witnessed it and nothing ever got done about it. Cause it's just like, you don't mess with the owner of this corporation cause he's, you know, a big shot. Mm. Good old murders in wrestling. Well, they exist. Yeah. Now what? Well, now it's your review. What have I got to review? Well, it's the last review, isn't it? What am I going to review? I don't know. Review it. Um, Do you play Owlboy? I got rechargeable battery. Oh, God. Just review a fucking thing. What have you done? <laughs> um, Xenoblade Chronicles oh, Definitive oh, Edition. Oh. Oh. Don't know where it came from. Just in my room. Someone's, it's someone's birthday. They Is got it? got a present. Oh. Hey, dude. Whose birthday? Your birthday. When? Well, it's not until Tuesday, is it? Tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? Yeah. Oh. Oh, you haven't got the bunting ready. No, you told me it was Tuesday last well, week. I said it was on the 8th. No, you said 9th, Tuesday. No, I didn't. I didn't say 9th. Oh, wait, it's Tuesday, my urologist appointment. Tuesday's your urologist appointment. Is it really? Do you know your dick sure? don't work. It's not like my dick doesn't work. Xenoblade Chronicles definitely. Oh, yes, my urologist appointment. Yeah, is a re- remaster of the Wii game. Wait! Wait. Also, I guess a remaster of the 3DS game. Wait! It's probably more remaster of the 3DS game. Let's just quickly do this. You got a birthday present from someone. Mm. How happy are you with a birthday present? I mean, it's there, uh, you know. Where's your poster? Oh, they refunded me a penny for the poster. Where's your They refunded you a penny for the poster. <laughs> yeah. The ring's in the box. Oh, okay. I'm not going to scratch it up yet. Okay. But, um, nah, it's, it's, a, it's a big old remaster of the Wii game, which... <laughs> was ported to 3DS as well with a couple of extra functions on there and this version's got some extra story but I'm not going to do that till I finish the game I think it's a tag on the end anyway isn't it? no apparently you can just play it it doesn't actually mix in with the story that much it's like oh. it's own separate thing um, but no Xenoblade Chronicles is a big old game which like got heaps, heaps loads of praise when it came out which I always found was weird because it's very similar to Final Fantasy XII in a lot of ways and Final Fantasy XII got a load of hate when it came out it's and nowadays just- everyone loves it I think Final Fantasy XII was just a few years ahead of its time. Wasn't it always also the controls were fucking really Man. rinsed in the first? Final Fantasy XII is fantastic. No, no, I mean Xenoblade Chronicles. The Wii controls were rinsed. It was they class- never had Wii controls. Xenoblade Chronicles was you played it with a classic pad. Didn't oh, have okay. any motion yeah, or anything like that. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah, because it came. You could buy it packaged with a classic pad, and that one sold for a ridiculous amount of money. Um, but yeah, it's a big, massive scale RPG. It's kind of like a. Multi, um, an MMO but played in single player yeah like enemies have aggro ranges and your moves are all on cooldowns and you can't control your teammates and each teammate has a different role in the party that's like a proper role mm. it's not a thing where you could just go with any old group and be fine you're gonna need a tank you're gonna need a DPS you're gonna need a healer 
Um, you can try playing it where you have like three people just dealing masses of damage and see how it goes. But like, if you've got no healing, you can't use items in this game. There's no items to use in combat. So you have to hope that one of your guys can heal. Um, otherwise you're screwed. Um, and the combat can be really, really complex. There is a lot of layers to it, but it basically boils down to use the pink moves to daze, to topple them for a second to break break them, break their guard. Use the green moves to topple them, and you've got this weird yellowy, sick colour move to daze them. And if you can hit those three off in a row, you know, you stun the enemy, knock them out of action for a minute so you can wail on them. Yeah. Um, although it's rare that a character has all three moves. So, like, what you need to do is have one character set it up and then hope the AI does the other move which can be a bit of a pain because you can't really see what the AI is doing. You have to hope their cooldown's ready. It's not too much of a problem, but it is nice when it all works out and you knock them all down. And If you get link moves, you can command them then. That's the only time you can com- command the other teammates is when you get the your gauge feel, your tension gauge, I think it's called, filled up. I never mm-hmm. pay attention. There's so much stuff in this game. Yeah. Like, there's so many tutorials. When um, Paul was messaging me saying, how many side quests are there in this game? And I was like, at least 400. And he's like, oh, God. Because he's like, st- he was in the first area for like 10 hours doing side quests. And I'm just like, yeah, just go. Just don't worry about it. Move forward. Um, and it's got its difficulty spikes and stuff, but it's, it's such a good RPG. Like, even now when you play it and some of the locations, the fields you go into and stuff are massive. And you sit there and go, how was this on a Wii? Like, how did the Wii pull this sort of massive scale Loads thing of off? tricks. Loads of weird, weird but you think, like, tricks and stuff. This is the same generation of power where the like the closest large-scale open-world thing was Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And Grand Theft Auto San Andreas is kind of gross and ugly to look at. It's not a pretty looking game. I'd say a closer comparison would be Star Fox Adventures. That was pretty well, massive, the levels. No, it wasn't. Yeah, no. you had like I a hub Star world. Fox Adventures. Yeah, you had like a hub world and shit like that. The problem is that the GameCube was low-key doing a lot of this shit for a long time. Yeah, but Xenoblade Chronicles is like full-on open world size stages. It's still had loading points. It's still had loads yeah, of shit the, like that. You go trench. to the Gower Plains and it takes you a good 20 minutes to run across it. Yeah. It's a massive thing. It's it's a very clever tricks done to... because. You got to think that the three D. And you talk about like something like Star Fox. That's like Star Fox Adventures. The maps are pretty straightforward. Like they're not they're not highly complex, intricate woven paths with different lifts and routes and a night day cycle and freaking. No, they didn't have like night day cycle or anything like that. But people forget that like it, they were massive levels that had no loading and they were just basically just loaded the whole thing in and you played through like this. Like you could take, I think it's like an hour and a half on some of those, some of those levels in Missy stuff. Missed a ballot game. Well, no, just I've been around general. Kev's and his kids have been playing on it, killing the levels in a couple of minutes. Depends on what level they're playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. They're, there's some like, good, but yeah, like I Xenoblade Chronicles. There's a lot of really good tricks in there. Like it's just like the Wii U one. The Wii U not, ran at 900p, but had more detail than most Xbox 360, PS3, and some Xbox Ones and PS4 games at the time. No, it's good art. They yeah. had really good art because it stands. It still holds up on this because. They haven't like redone all the textures or anything. They've put like They've normal done a maps. Lot of texture work. This it's is what this is what I told you about. They were doing like a lot of texture work. Like the design of the main character looks completely. No, they've different. changed. They've changed the heads and stuff and things like that to make them to put better animation rigs on them. And they're given the characters fingers because they just had like blocky hands in the original. Um, but texture wise, it's not that much higher. Like it's not new textures. I think they've just used the raw files that they pulled originally. It's like 
you can still see the weeness in a lot of it every now and again. But they've put like bump mapping on things and they've put better um, material work on them and stuff like that. So they look, they look nicer. But you'll see stuff sometimes like really early in the game when you get a cutscene, you see Shulk's arm and you can see his, the collar on his, his shirt is like just blurry because it's a wee texture that's like, you know, ported to this version. But it looks nice. It's fine. It's very similar to the Final Fantasy XII remaster they did where they upgrade some stuff and keep other stuff basically the same but sharper. Um, and it's, it's, it's a big game. It's so long. Mm. It's such a massive game. Yeah. I'm not even halfway through and I'm like freaking 20 some odd hours into this game now and I know I've got a long way to go on it. I've got a massive way to go. Um, one thing that's really good as well, more games need, they need whatever engine they have to come up with the names of the giant monsters in this. Um, there's one I came across called Immovable Gonzalez, which is pretty great. And um, I've got to beat up a monster called Flabbergasted Johan or something, which is just... That's that's some top quality monster names. More monsters need to be named like that. Oh, Digital Foundry have done a load of um, tech breakdowns for the Xenoblade Chronicles series. They're all doing well. Pfft. I'm going to give them a check out. But, um, yeah, it runs, it runs all right. Very rare that you see a dip. Every now and again you get a stutter. Is it 60 or 30? It's 30, isn't it? I think it's 60. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it's, it's smooth and it's smooth enough. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 does loads of weird tricks with... Um, it's almost like a stenciling effect. So when characters are like close and you've got like oh that's they just di- there's different not stenciling stenciling's a different yeah. thing sorry yeah different that's that that's how their shaders work and stuff like that. yeah. that's how they fade things in to try and hide when stuff so pops in although you can really see where the like grass draws effect in. isn't it like you just have like blurry stuff in the distance and in the foreground it's clearer and sharper um, but yeah you know it looks really good during battles and then when you zoom out you have simplified figures and stuff but you don't really notice because the way that the battles work that's how all quite- games do things. Yeah. All games reduce the quality of a character when you get away from them. No, 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 but like, I mean, because Xenoblade Chronicles, I don't know how the battle system works in the, the remaster, but in 2, you basically, you get in a battle, and then once it ends, you just zoom back out, and it's back to your normal view, and you just continue running around. Like, it's really interesting, because it just goes like, boom, it like focuses in, and then you... you no, nothing changes to... in the first one. Does it not? No, yeah, same, same thing, you just battles just start, and you start fighting. Huh. There's no transition or anything like that. But it's like... It's, it's only sort of in the dungeon-like areas, I yeah. guess. When you're out in the open world in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, you just, like, kill animals. But in the small areas, like, there's an airship fight that you do. It's, like, the the beginning mission that you do. Every, like, every big robot or every, like, shark monster thing, you focus in on it. And then it's, like, a... It's not like a one-on-one battle because you have teammates and stuff as well. But it's basically, like, it focuses the camera on them. And then you get the... You get the bar across the bottom of all the different things you can do. Yeah, that's that's how it's the combat great. works. It's pretty. There's no transition between combat. Oh right. It's just Xenoblade Chronicles Two. There just is on that section, I guess. Then <laughs> I've not seen it. I don't think I've seen it since. I'm trying to think. It's been a while mm. since I played Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Mm. I keep thinking about picking it back up, and then I get distracted. I wouldn't bother. It's not the first one. First one's the best one. Because mm. the first one's got um, all the dodgy English voiceovers. Oh, yeah. um, Shulk's really feeling it. Uh, Ryan keeps talking about how it's Ryan time or something. Um, yeah, and then I don't play as any other characters. I just have Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Shulk and Sharla. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ricky's fun enough. The little Ricky. Ricky's like a little no nop on. They, they look like like furry radishes or something. Oh yeah. And um, he's he's a hero pon. 
and he can do lots of status effects on his enemies and he can play dead and then surprise attack them and stuff like that. Um, but you can you can play as each of the characters individually. You can switch around which one you is your team leader and stuff. You don't have to have Shulk in your team either. Um, although without Shulk, fighting the Mechon will be tricky, especially before you... I mean, you, you're going to have him in your party anyway. Once Dunban gets in your group, he's the only other one who can really hurt Mechon. So I'd say switch Shulk out for Dunban if you don't like Shulk. But it doesn't matter who you've got in your party. The cutscenes are all the same. Everyone's there at the same time. But no, it's it's a really good remaster. I'm like I'm I'm liking it. I might actually try and finish it this time because when I play it on Wii, I got a I I've passed where I got to on the Wii version. I'm in the next area after where yeah, I got to. Yeah, that long. So twenty four. I played about twenty odd hours on the Wii version because oh. I never had it. I rented it from Love Film. Oh right. Because it was really expensive to get a copy of it back then. Just like Xenoblade Chronicles X started out as like 50, 60 quid and then went down to 20 or No, Xenoblade Chronicles 1, you couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, really? You'd have to buy it for about 100 quid. Was it one of the games that was released towards the end of the Wii? Uh, I don't know. It was part of the, well, it was only available in Europe at first, wasn't it? Yeah. Because um, America didn't get it. It was because you remember they had those three games. There's Pandora's Tower and something else. Mm. And America didn't get Xenoblade Chronicles for ages. So they were just buying up all the copies. And it came out, disappeared instantly. And like the standalone copy would be like 95 quid on Amazon or eBay. Jesus. It's like just to get that. I tried to get it for ages. The one with the controller, which is what I wanted, we got one in at HMV and I didn't get a chance to buy it. Someone brought it before I even got to my wallet. <laughs> like, mm. um, But no, that, that game was expensive back then. And probably didn't get played that much. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people played it on the Wii U or the 3DS version probably sold more. Um the, apparently this version's not sold as much as Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but it sold a lot more than the original game did in the UK. Mm. Which isn't surprising because shops aren't open, so people aren't going to be buying the second one, the game as much as the second one was. Because, mm. you know, not as easy accessible, is it? People can't just pop to Tesco and pick it up or any, well, they can't pop the game and pick it up. But, um, no. Nah, really good, really good port. I like it. I'm really feeling it. It's a shock. Everyone's playing it now. <laughs> Paul's, Paul's been playing it. I think Kev started playing the Wii version that he pirated off somewhere. Kev? In Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. Um, he was asking me if, the, if he's got if his version's got something because the enemies weren't attacking him. I'm like, no, no, in the first area, they, they not many of the enemies actually attack you. No. You have to attack them. Because he thought he had a... Because he, he was playing a pirated version. Because he's a, it's just a cheapskate. It's just a copy of the disc. <laughs> Kev doesn't buy games because he's got kids. I don't blame him. <laughs> Do not blame him. They cost a lot of money. Kids and games. Yeah. He, he keeps thinking his kids are going to move out <laughs> one day. That's like, I mean, it's at least fifteen years off yet. So, yeah. Good luck, Kev. Uh, I'm, still, anyway. I'm still worried about the day when the ferrets go off to college. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to be a mess soon. Need to get a job down pit. <laughs> down pit. Down pit. <laughs> Don't get get job down pit. Yeah. Um, yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles. It's it, it's an interesting series because it's such a. It's never had the success of Final Fantasy, and they are fucking dense. So you think that people that enjoy Final Fantasy would jump on. Um, that's the thing that always got me, is because it's very similar to Final Fantasy XII in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, the feel of it. Because twelve did that, the whole big open environments. Yeah, yeah, because it's the time one, isn't it? It's got the weird time mechanic. But twelve has got the whole... Final Fantasy XII had the whole thing where you have, like... You know, you have hub areas for certain parts of the game, and then mm. you dungeons and stuff. But a lot of the game ends up being this massive, great, big world that you travel through, and you have a location that's like a desert area and there'll be some big massive monster crawling around and the combat's quite similar where you're relying yeah. on AI although in Final Fantasy 12 
you sort of end up programming the AI. Yeah. Whereas with this one, it's kind of more you're affecting what their stats and buffs are and you're picking out moves for them to have, building up their moves so that you hope that the AI will do the thing you want them to do. They don't always. Sometimes the AI is a bit dumb. Um, Sharla, for some reason, can't seem to climb anything. Whenever I'm climbing any walls or stuff, she seems to keep falling off them. I don't know if that's just like the AI being the AI, but it always seems to be Sharla. Hmm. Um, I was literally, I climbed up off this big platform up this massive wall onto a thin bridge and instead of getting off on the bridge she just got off next to it and dropped and I just watched her drop all the way down <laughs> into this hole um, but yeah it, it's really good stuff and I was like it's crazy when you look at it it's crazy it was on the Wii yeah um, like back in the day this, I mean there's probably a bunch of games that are comparable but it's like looking as good as it did on the Wii and then it still looks good now as you can tell it's a remaster of an older game but it does but I mean on Switch it's not going to make much difference. If this came out on the Xbox One, people would probably say it's terrible port or mm. something. It looked exactly the same, but on the Switch, it's good. It hits 1080p and stuff. It's like freaking nice and smooth. That's all. That's the third part. The first party games for Switch, though, they all seem to be really fucking great optimization. Yeah. Um, I know like a lot Louis- of people have moaned about the faces being changed, but yeah. they're kind of more in keeping with the artwork and stuff they've done since. And Keep in mind the Wii, the faces weren't rigged up for as much animation. You had no. to rebuild them. They made it look more like Smash Brothers character because chances are most people think Shulk's a character in Smash Brothers. Yeah, they don't really know the. Well, he's been in every Smash Brothers since the GameCube one, hasn't he? No, he was in. Um, it was in GameCube. Is it the Wii one? No, he wasn't in the Wii one. It's um. It's Ultimate Wii U was the one he came into it. Smash Brothers Wii U. Yeah, how weird. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, the Yo. Wii. The Wii had some fucking good games though. I've been looking at them recently. Yeah, had like three of them. Well, no, I've been I've been looking at potentially playing some of the old stuff that I've got on the Wii, um, just because I wanted to play through some light gun games. I've been going for this obsession with light gun games for a little while now, um, and I've gone back to that point where I want to play some again. And the Wii had House of the Dead two and three, and it was the only console that got House of the Dead three other than the Xbox. The original Xbox had it with the Beretta gun. You remember yeah. the one that was so realistic looking that some kid got shot holding one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted to play House of the Dead three again because it's a shotgun one. It's quite fun, but. Um, I'm gonna have to rig up a Wii to play, and also I want to play Metroid Other Realm again, which isn't bad. People give it a bad, bad. That's nah, not good. It's all right. It's fine. Um, all right. Uh, okay, my final review. Your last review, right? Ah, oh. oh, it's the best thing ever, Ed. It's Is that it? time of year again. Thirteen Reasons Why returned for its final series. Don't give a shit. Season four of Thirteen Reasons three. Why. Season four. Is it three? Isn't it? It's four. I know because I've watched every season of Thirteen Reasons mm. Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah, I hate Thirteen problems. Reasons Why. Do you remember my Stop first... Stop watching re- it then. I know. Uh, you remember my first review of 13 Reasons Why in which I was very upset that they uh, they did a, a suicide storyline and they glorified suicide. And then season two, they had the infamous storyline that was don't speak out against your rapist if they're very powerful because they'll just win and nothing will happen to them. And then season three, season three was obviously the let's humanise the horrific rapist who raped a lot of women within the school and no one did anything about it, especially the principal because he didn't care. Well, season four deals with uh, riots, oddly enough. Wasn't filmed during the Black Lives Matter protest or anything like that. It was actually filmed before then. That would have been a very quick turnaround. It would have been an incredibly quick turnaround. So, thirteen reasons why season four, um, Bryce Walker's died. The school that he no longer went to and is the the school where they've been covering up uh, potential uh, mass shootings and things like that. They've, they've How just many things in this show need 13 so reasons? So many fucking things. Anyway, Why is it always 13 reasons? Let me get to the point. So this season, Clay... What's eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter? Know. Clay is going through disassociation. He is 
he's having issues linking together what's happening with what he's doing in his actions. So he's got a fragmented psyche due to all the shit that he's been going through. Basically, to this point, right now he's covered up. He's covered up um, the truth about Bryce and his his rape and the way that he treated women. Um, why his friend killed herself, the girl that he was in love with, after only meeting her for a brief amount of time, he was very, very well, in love with her. From the first series. From the first series. Oh, okay. uh, but then he's also um, the guilt of being continuously accused for the murder of someone who then eventually was, he found out who the murderer was and they covered that up this season and let that murderer go free. Oh, it's so dismal. It's fucking messed up. Uh, and then, and then, and then also, um, in this series, spoiler, spoilers for anyone who watches 13 Reasons Why, one of the only characters that sort of had any redemptive arc and was just trying to be a good person, well, that guy gets HIV, which develops into AIDS within the space of two episodes, and then he dies. That's right. They have a teenager die of HIV AIDS after having to sell his body for crack cocaine between seasons one and two because he was a drug addict. Uh, it is fu- fun. It is fucked up. Uh, basically, like the whole point of the series is that there is someone who has entered the school who was dating someone who was murdered when they went to prison because they got blamed for the murder of Bryce, the rapist. Uh, it turns out that that guy was also a rapist. He had stuck a broom into another character's rectum as part of a prank. Uh, that character then stood up and announced what had happened and was key to the person whose name was Monty going to prison. Why is all this bollocks? Just say the show's shit. It's really shit, but it annoys me as well. Shit and it annoys me. It annoys me a lot. Firstly, their approach to mental health is if you have mental health issues, you're completely lucid until you're not lucid. And then when you are lucid, you're basically becoming this super crazy person that you don't remember doing any of the stuff of. There is, so Clay, Clay is the character, he's the main character, he is the person who listens to the tapes and was trying to find out why um, his friend killed herself in the beginning, the first first season. Um, in this season, his disassociating means that he's just basically an arsehole and doesn't remember being an arsehole. He blows up a car and like he, he beats people up and just like, he just has these moments where he just goes and does really stupid shit, but he never seeks help for it. He knows he's having these moments where he blacks out and doesn't remember stuff. He keeps going on runs and his parents keep finding him staring out on the dock or like, or like running past places where someone was murdered. And he's not like, I should definitely get this looked at because I'm going to reveal the secrets about who murdered who and what else happened if I don't. Um, he, he goes full on insane, but like, they then introduce Gary Sinise. Does he talk to himself in the mirror? No. They introduce Gary Sinise as his, 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 um, therapist. And Gary Sinise is a great actor. It's been like a lot of really prestigious shit. Yeah. In this, he's just constantly calm. Just on level. He doesn't emote. He doesn't say anything crazy. He's just always like, play, how does that make you feel? Because he's okay. only getting paid scale. He's not going to. Well, yeah, that's true. He's not going to put um, any extra here for him. So, yeah, so there's a lot of issues with the series, but it, it, probably like the biggest ones are, the person who murdered someone in the last series just gets away with it. The person who helped him murder someone in the last series seems to show no signs of grief or guilt. I know she was a victim of rape by that character, but you would still... The the fact that you had witnessed a murder still affects you. Like, psychologically. Well, she's into it. So, everyone's... That'd be the dark thing to do. Another thing that they've been doing is that all of the people that are murdered due to their, their negligence and the way that they treat things and the secrets they cover up all of those people appear as ghosts and there are horror moments. There's a moment in which one character is like, Bryce, you're not here. You're not really here. And he goes, no, I'm not. I'm not here because I'm dead. And he opens his mouth and roaches crawl all over his face. 
The second to last episode, there is a dystopian future beginning in which they're fighting robots and one character has half cyborg face. Mm-hmm. And it is one character imagining the future where robots have taken over and they have to fight back against them. Um, and this is all brought on again by his disassociation and the way that his mind's reacting to fragmenting. And Do you remind you that Terminator Dark Fate yeah, kind is of. out available to rent now? <laughs> on, on Netflix, mm. the people that made people this show. are still bitching about that film. It's good, I like it. The film's it. fucking rad. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, it doesn't treat mental illness very well. And the character of, so the character that, that, that um, that had AIDS and, and, uh, HIV AIDS! AIDS. his name's Justin. Mm-hmm. The first season, he, um, Hannah Baker, who's the girl who commits suicide, he witnesses Bryce, the rapist, rape his girlfriend who has passed out on a bed. He hides. And for some reason, he is reminded of his mother's abuse by her, by his dad. And he just basically hides and wets himself. I think he wets himself. I can't really remember. But he, he hides and he doesn't come out. And like, even though he's like a strong-willed character who should be doing stuff about this, like there is something about his past trauma that causes him to have PTSD and he fucks up. Um, and at the end of that series, he disappears basically just because he's like, I'm just my fucking dad. I'm just this person. And he starts doing hard drugs after being given oxy content by Bryce. So he does harder and harder drugs and eventually starts selling himself on the it street. Sounds like Grain Jill. He disappears for most of season two and then comes back. And then from season two to season three, he's Clay's a kind of adopted brother. Basically, Clay and him are friends. So he goes like, Justin, just come with my parents. I'll talk to my parents. I'll do this. His parents then eventually adopt him and they take him on as their son. They're always really pleasant. They always treat him like their kid. They don't like mistreat him or anything like that. Season three, he's integral to sort of like... We're talking about season three now. It's season four, isn't it? Shut up. So season oh three, God. he, he kind too of, much of this. he kind of keeps Clay grounded and he helps everyone. He helps all the people fight back against some of the shit that's going on. And he, he also, he, he reconnects with the girl he was dating in season one. And just like he grows as a character. He becomes a nicer guy. He helps Clay and, you know, he helps everyone. The beginning of season four, he's still grounding Clay or trying to. So he's trying to keep track of him, trying to like, he's, but he starts getting sick and he gets like, there is, I swear that for the first five episodes, he has a mark on his neck that's meant to be a lesion. You know, like Philadelphia, they explain that you get lesions where you get infections and skin puffs up and then it looks like a bruise. So there's one there and then later on he has one that appears on his head. But everyone's getting into fights all the time. So you can't tell if that's an obvious makeup choice to show that he might have something going on or if it's just, you know, the, the program is it's meant to be a I bruise. I bet they made it real clear it. and you're missing all the artistry of this series. Um, because you So anyway. You were playing Red Wings, Aces of the Sky. So anyway, so Justin for the last two episodes. So the lo- second to last episode is the prom, in which everybody goes to prom and they do their prom thing and, you know, they're all just kids and they're being kids. Zach attempts to rape a prostitute that he brings and they end up doing coke in the bathroom. Zach in the first series is a nylon handicapped child who is just really big, really good at football. At some point in season two, he becomes really nice to this kid who tries to kill himself at the end of season one. And they sort of have this bromance. They're just good friends. The beginning of this season, Alex is starting to find himself. He's a guy who tried to kill himself. Alex is trying to find himself and he comes out to Zach by kissing Zach after they share a moment of like just honest friendship. And Zach, this is one of the only things the series has done well. Instead of Zach bringing out, because he's like a huge kid who's like a member of the football team. Instead of him bringing out and being like, what the fuck are you doing? Like trying to fight him and shit like that. He goes, no, no, it's fine. I love you, man, but I, I'm not attracted to guys. But it's fine that you are. But you and, shoot a load in my mouth if you want. <laughs> so, and then. As long as you say no homo afterwards. But that's kind of the thing, like, all through the series, Alex and Zach, mm. that Alex is embarrassed about what he's going through, he's upset about what he's going through, and obviously he's challenging, like, he's challenged by what he's, what's happening to him, because sexuality is a difficult thing. 
every one of those interactions, Zach is still saying, we're going out. Look, we're just going to go hang out. Fuck it. I don't care. Let's go hang out. And it's nice to see that sort of, it's almost like Stranger Things season three, the relationship between um, Robin and Steve, where she came out to him. They seem to be nailing those relationships Mm. in a realistic way because Zach is like, look, fuck it. I don't really want to hang out with other people. We've been best friends for so long. And, you know, like I said, we're still friends, you know, something happened it doesn't matter you know Steve wanted to nail that relationship yeah he did he actually came on to her didn't he he mm. like explained it to her that he was really interested in her and then she was like you know how you always see me looking at the clock I'm not looking at the clock I'm looking at the girl below the clock and he's like oh yeah I look at her every so often as well and it's like oh and he's like oh Robin was in something I watched yeah she's been in a few things recently um, I can't remember what. Um, but anyway, sorry. So back to season four. So Zach takes a prostitute to prom. He basically just hires a woman to go to prom with him, and he. How can he stand watching teenagers? I fucking don't know. I don't know. They they're don't not teenagers. Have they're all like thirty years old. They don't have attitude. They're all like they don't friggin' so morph. Zach, Zach, who's been this affable like goof, and he's he's become steadily more intelligent as the season's gone on, and, and steadily sweet. He's just a sweet guy by the fourth season. In this, he started drinking at the beginning because he kind of thinks that he killed Bryce because they got into an altercation. He broke his leg before before they found Bryce drowned in the river. Um, turns out he didn't. Bryce was kind of fine after that, except for the broken leg, and he was going to be helped, but then someone else turned up and then threw him in the river. And then he couldn't swim because he had a broken leg, and also he was fairly concussed because he had his shit kicked in. Um, but anyway, so Zach has sort of been on a downward spiral. He's been drinking his stuff, but he still kind of retained that sweetness. Mm. He gets to the prom. He invites his prostitute. Him and the prostitute say when they arrive, he's like, he's like, I'm gonna go do coke in the bathroom, and it's like kind of like a, he still has that affable quality to him. Mm. It's just like it's like a all right, he's a teenager. They've obviously gone through some really harsh shit in this series, so fuck it. All right, he's gonna go do coke. Who cares? Um, and uh, and he's still like smiling and winking to the camera. But later on, they find him, and he's like above this woman who's like near enough passed out. She can answer questions, so she's not completely out of it. But he's above her as if they're gonna have sex. And I was like, that's not Zach though. Like, he's been in that situation in other seasons, and he's been like, the fuck are you doing? Like, he would never... Yeah, he's paid for the prostitute. Yeah. Uh, but, like, two guys turn up and they stop it before anything happens, but I feel like they shouldn't have needed to write that in. That character didn't need to be yeah, like that. all the characters sound like they're miserable bastards. They are all friggin'. Clay has one face. Always doing the worst thing they, they could possibly do. They do, basically. Well, so, and then it brings it to the final episode. So, at the prom... Oh, God, he's not done yet. No. At the end of the prom, Justin passes out. And everybody's like, what's happening? It turns out that he had HIV. It wasn't treated. His white blood cell count and everything else just bottomed out. HIV's developed into AIDS because the infections, you know, it's it's continued to spread without medication. Um, and and so he's dying of this, this basically like an infection, just like mass infections across his body. They don't explain it very well. And they also don't speak about the fact that there are treatments available for people that have HIV and AIDS. And lots of people can live long, fulfilling lives. And is it set in the eighties? No, set now. Oh. Um, in fact, HIV. There is a there is a drug you can take that if you take the drug, then you can't pass HIV to other people. It's incredible what science can do now, but it seems to be working on the nineteen eighties version of HIV and AIDS, which is just like the AIDS panic, the just bullshit. Where no you weren't even there. alive then. No, I wasn't. But I've read a lot about it because I worked for the. I had to watch the propaganda videos. I, at school. I um I worked with the Terence Higgins Trust. I've done like multiple fundraisers. I think we raised like 1,246 quid with them uh, back in the day. Uh, but I, I worked with the Terratigas Trust and they give you like info packs and stuff. And if you read it, 
fucking the terrible things that people believe about their disease and the stigma around it. But anyway, that's precisely the point. Justin gets uh, AIDS and the infections are spreading. There's nothing they can do. There's no treatment available. Um, so he is dying. So the last episode is essentially him being in hospital and various people coming in and out of the hospital and dealing with this trauma and, and everything that's happening. Uh, most of which is Clay, who deals with it in the most selfish way possible. He acts like uh, nothing is happening. He doesn't seem to understand that his adopted brother being in hospital and being on a ventilator means that he's probably not leaving hospital. So he reacts to all of that for the first time in front of the camera. And he doesn't seem to be able to cry, which seems weird. Uh, but anyway, so Justin, very sweet character, someone who has been uh, in the series for most of it and, and is the one, like I said, has a redemptive arc, has an arc. He goes from drug addict, he fights the drug addiction, comes out of the drug addiction, starts becoming part of the group again, starts realising that he is a victim of certain things and it's partially, you know, the situation he put himself in, but at the same time no one should be put in that situation in the first place. Um, gets back with his girlfriend and, like, everything seems good. The beginning of the series, he breaks up with his girlfriend, starts having these crises and, and then starts dealing with it badly. And then, you know, end of the series, he gets into this. And uh, so here's the problem, right? You get the last episode, you have a character that is slowly dying throughout the episode, nobody's coming in and out, and, 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 and what happens? The character that should be crying, should be sad, should be emoting, he should be the audience surrogate, like he's been through all this trauma himself, he's, he's this person who's grown as a, as a human being, he's able to handle the stresses of life, or at least to some extent has the tools to handle those stresses, he should be there with his brother, and instead, as he realises that Justin's being taken off of life support because the oxygen they're providing him whilst it's keeping him alive, his body's failing. So It's not the right oxygen. Well, no, essentially they, they say... bad oxygen. They say in, in a beautifully acted scene by a doctor who doesn't appear to know anything about medicine and Justin's adoptive parents, the doctor says, so um, the oxygen now, we're going to take him off of it. Unfortunately, it's cancer oxygen. <laughs> we're going to take him off of it. Um you should probably prepare to like see him because he'll be able to talk for the last few hours, but we're going to give him some pain medication to make sure that he's not uncomfortable. But, you know, you want to take the opportunity to stay in here and speak with him and, and, you know, just be with him. And, and Clay's question is, oh, so is he going to be able to come home soon? And like, Mm. no. And like, you know how someone says to you, he's going to be, Comfortable, we're going to give him pain medication, you be with him for the final few hours. You don't go, oh, he's coming home next week. You go, this person's in denial. Well, maybe he's got 13 reasons why he's so in denial. Clay's been doing this disassociating thing, so what does he do as soon as he finds out his adopted brother is dying? Instead of him going and comforting someone who has limited time on this earth, he decides that he is going to run. He just runs randomly. And ends up in front of a police station. <gasps> he walks into the police station. He puts both his hands in his pockets. And he says, I have a gun. And causes this whole fracas with the police. And because he's white, he doesn't get shot immediately. But he causes this whole fracas with the police. And they're all like, it's what are fracas. you doing? Fracas, sorry. With the police. And like, What are you doing? Right? Why are you doing this? And eventually his dad turns up and he like, he tries to calm the situation down. The police calm the situation down and they like do their best to de-escalate, which doesn't happen in America, as we've seen in the last week. Um, and, and he just gets to go back to the hospital and spend the last few hours with his, with his brother. And it's, 
It's just insane that someone wrote... But what were the 13 reasons this series? <laughs> she had 13 tapes in the first episode, and each tape corresponded to a person that betrayed her or hurt her. And that first year in her school was yeah, just in a... in this re- series, what's the 13 reasons? Well, it's just called 13 Reasons Why. There's no longer 13 Reasons. What's the point? There's not even 13 episodes. There's 11 she episodes this season. First yeah, I know. So anyway, Clay does this incredibly... Clay does this incredibly selfish thing when he is no longer suffering from disassociation. It's been it's been shown that he is getting better and he is now no longer having those lucid moments where he, he gets taken over by this other personality that just does bad shit. So he is getting better. This is a completely conscious act that he runs to the police station in his in his brother's dying moments to say he has a gun. This is a decision a character makes. It doesn't lead to anything other than all the police saying, We know you're going through a lot of shit. But everyone is telling him that. Why don't you watch something else on Netflix? I don't know. But anyway, so Go Justin... Star Trek on Netflix. Justin dies, and it is tragic and it is sad because it's a young person dying. Clay stands around with a face like this. I, I, no one can if see any, what it looks like. If anyone... Can, can we make Clay's face the thumbnail for no. this episode? Because it is just like... Duh. No. Duh. It's so fucking irritating. And if anyone else... like, it, It's a badly written... Badly made, badly directed show. It is total shit, and there is no fucking point in anyone watching it. It's an Adam Sandler. Don't fucking watch it. I hate watching this shit in a day because I just wanted something to just fucking zone out and watch, and it wasn't worth it. It's never worth it. It's never good. You're watching something nice instead. Like what? Um, is this Paw Patrol on Netflix? Uh, it's a couple of documentaries about the Radium Girls that I'm really looking forward to watching. Watch Paw Patrol. Do you know what the Radium Girls were? No. Watch... Okay. um. So this is an Adam Sandler. Okay. Thirteen Reasons Why is an Adam Sandler. It's 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 just shit. It's shockingly watch real. Pop team epic, but like watch the girl dub and then the man dub one off the other. So yeah, it's just bad. I don't recommend anyone watch Thirteen Reasons Why. Like just like just like with suicide, they completely fuck up mental health. They fuck up HIV and AIDS treatment and people with HIV and AIDS. They fuck up everything. There's a moment in which someone actually says, "We had a physical done for him because we were worried about his health." How was HIV or AIDS not something that you tested for? And they say, w- they said in the scene, they said, we can only test for that if we get permission by the person we're doing the test. And I was like, it's fucking America. That only happens if they're over 18. They're not sexually active before that day because it's illegal to be sexually active before that time. So the parents can request that test is done, especially if they know someone was sexually abused by people on the streets doing crack cocaine and heroin. It's fucking ridiculous. It is fucking stupid. Yeah, but then you don't get the sad ending. It's the the worst thing about the ending is that Clay should be dead. <laughs> I want Clay dead. That's what I want. He's a shit character. He's going to be the hero of the next He's series. N- well, no, it's not. It's cancelled. Well, it's not cancelled. This is the end. They go to college after this. Somehow, someone who was burning down cars, causing fights, causing a riot at one point, actively just being a fucking cunt throughout the series, that kid somehow gets into college. Not only gets into college. After all the mental breakdowns and everything else, his 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 uh, his therapist turns around and says, "Clay, I think you've got the tools to go and do this now." I'm like, he's been in therapy for three months, and he was literally becoming another person. Yeah, boys will be boys. Oh God, yeah, actually, that's that's a fucking America, way, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's just it's not great. It's not good at all. We're gonna I, get the college years. Oh, there's one really nice character actually. There is one one positive side to this. There's a character named Charlie. Who is just this really sweet kid. And there's an episode where they all go camping. And he's saying to everyone, Hey everyone, I bought granola camping cookies. And they were like, yay! It turns out they're drugged to the fuck. 
And so, <laughs> so like, loads of people are like, oh, dude, I love the fact you bring snacks. He's like, he's like, I only have one, though. <laughs> like, and at one point, Clay has a drug test because his parents are concerned about him because the lucid, the lucid moments in which he's, like, doing his weird, like, fucking burning down cars and destroying shit. Um, he, like, he tests positive for drugs because he ate the cookies and had, like, a drugged out moment. All through the series, he's literally hallucinating all the fucking time and no one's like, let's just get this kid sectioned. Because he's a danger to himself. Like, he doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know where he is. He is at all times a risk to himself and anyone who is either driving a car, riding a bike, or out in the street, because at any point he could just walk in front of them because he is not aware, he's not cognitively in control of what he is doing for long periods of time. Anyone else who had that issue, anyone who even he even gave hints that they were they were in some way um in 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 potentially in, in potentially they were gonna self harm in any way, then they would be fucking sectioned. You, the family would do it. Hand him a gun and send him back to the school. Yeah, that's true. Probably would get a gun. You get one for free. Um, home gunonomics. It's going to Walmart. <laughs> but yeah, oh, just this dog You're shit. You get all your happy meals. I hate it. I hate it. I keep watching it while I watched it. Yeah, don't watch it. Watched it all. Uh, At least when I watched Picard, Patrick Stewart was in it and Jerry Ryan. Yeah, but everyone likes watching Jerry Ryan. There's great actors in this. Like that's the kind of the thing. Like Gary Sinise. And at least and... I've watched multiple seasons of Good Star Trek before it. There's Not directly before it, because directly before it was Discovery. But you know, it's good. I'm watching Star Trek Enterprise now. Thought yeah. I'd go and watch some Scott Bakula. Scott Bakula. Yeah, he's really good. I like that show. It's good. You're done now. Yeah, I'm done. I hate it. Now. Well, don't, don't just don't, don't come trying to me when the anyone next likes it. It's a fucking idiot. Oh god. Yeah. You've just upset our core audience. Thirteen reasons why you're a cunt. There's not even 13 reasons. It's no, there's not. Couldn't there have been 13 reasons why he got AIDS? Yeah. yeah. Well, wait, reason number one. Yeah. Bit of a lark, isn't it? Yeah. Reason number two. Everybody's got AIDS. Do you remember Do you remember the fact that the first season caused such a spike in teen suicides that they've now since removed the scene in which the girl kills herself at the beginning of the series? They're responsible for that. Oh. Cunts. Oh. Anyway, that's been Chris Apocalypse episode 136. How do you feel about it, Anne? I feel it went pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Yes. Anything you're looking forward to? No? Going back to work? Yeah? Yeah? yeah, yeah. I don't want to. No? No, I just... If they could just pay Keep paying me. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, but a full wage, not this 80% wage. So I've got no money left. So, Ant, uh, you can be I found... didn't even win the lottery last month. So you can be found at Mellow Gaming on YouTube, the most popular Mellow Gaming channel. I don't know, probably. What's your uh, Sentai channel? What are you doing? Reacting Yoppa Ranger. Reacting Sentai Yoppa Ranger. Okay. Yeah, I, I missed one word that Yoparai. time. I missed one fucking word that time and you're still going to give me shit. Yopperai. Yeah, great. It means drunk. Does it? Alcoholic. Oh, because you get drunk when it's you do it. It's what you call a drunkard in uh, Japan. Okay. You can say Oppai as well. Oppai so is can, big boobs. <laughs> they can find you at LV54SpaceMonkey on Twitter. I'm Matt, I'm at Chris Apocalypse on Twitter, I'm also at Chris Apocalypse on YouTube, don't really do much on there, but maybe one day. I was planning to do some stuff and I got distracted yeah. by job search. Yeah. Looking for a new job. Good job at Tesco. I was trying to. Apply for a job at Radio Rentals. Tandy, Who? is Tandy still around? Who? Who? What? What are they? Shops. What? Shops where? We had them in the 80s. 
Woolworths? Bad, Woolworths. You kids today with your Woolworths. <laughs> you don't even know about shops Argos? that are shut down have been long gone. Argos? We used to have... We used to have... Electronics Boutique? Um, what was that one that was... Toys R Us? Pre-H&V. Oh, Virgin. No. Yeah, not, we have Virgin. Not pre-H&V, but it was around the same time. There was like CD Warehouse or some shit. Oh, I don't I remember CD remember. Warehouse. I remember Virgin was on the second floor of where games... Virgin Megastores isn't even... That was around for like five years. It was amazing. <laughs> it was right next to Game as well. Mm. And then... One of the games, we had multiple we had three, games. <laughs> one point. Yeah. And then and then we got rid of got rid of two of them. And games actually Electronics Boutique because Electronics Boutique brought game and then yeah. they changed their name to game. <laughs> yeah. Because they didn't want to be associated with the American branch. What was the what was the um so there was Electronics Boutique, there was game, and then there was a Rum Below's. No, there was a third one that came after Electronics Boutique. Um, oh yeah, Game Station. Game Station. Yeah, they got it. brought out by game as well. Yeah, they did, yeah. And then game went under. Game stations are still around. There's still a couple about, I think. Oh, really? I think so, yeah. I think they've still got a few open. They were really cheap. I remember they were really cheap and they bought anything. Well, Game Station used to be the retro guys. Yeah. But um, they got bought by game and then they got told to throw away all the retro stuff. Really? Yeah, they literally threw it out. Fucking idiots. Um, Luke was working for them when they did that. He said they were literally, they'd let you buy a box of games for 15 quid. So they just have basically their stock of, they'd get sent in a box full of retro games. Yeah to put out on the shelves and they just buy them for 15 quid for the stuff and one of them brought one and he got a box full of just nothing but Goldeneye. Sealed? <laughs> no, no, just cartridges, loose cards. Oh, Jesus. But he just, yeah, he has a whole box of Goldeneye cards. Oh my God. <laughs> they're worth, all right, they're worth yeah. like 20 quid now, aren't they? Sell them all. 20, He's been selling them all for ages. Like, did you, um, did you ever hear about, there was a box that was handed into a charity shop that was um, a complete retail box and kiosk for Corpse Killer? You're a Corpse Seal- Killer. Sealed copies of Corpse Killer for the Sega CD. And they reckon it was like £500 per copy at the time because yeah. it was the CD32X combi one. Yeah. And it was like sealed. Just obviously someone had sent it to the wrong address. It sat there for forever. They'd stamped it with a return too, but they'd just left it in the warehouse. Hmm. Warehouse gets bought out by a new company. The new company finds it and then sends it to a charity shop. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. And some guy bought it for, I think, like 20 quid. 25 they probably quid. sold it to Music Magpie. Probably. <laughs> no, and Got he, 20p for I think each one. 20, 25 quid he bought it for, and mm. he just sold them off on like eBay. I like, want one of them. What? Just a game I can sell for a lot of money that I don't care about. I'm not what? selling my Castlevania. Which one? Symphony of the Night. Which one? Where is that? It doesn't have that song in it. Anyway, say goodbye to the children. Say goodbye to the children. Bye, everyone. As always, Black Lives Matter and people are cunts. Well... Racists are cunts. I'm glad they tore down that statue. Yeah, that was funny. Dumped in the river. That was funny. Fucking cunts. Everyone should have been chanting get in the sea. Yeah. You know how hollow it sounded when it was hitting the rail? Yeah. Cheapo, nasty shite. Well, you know, if it's not cheapo, nasty, it's not a racist statue that someone's left there for ages. I still can't believe people fought to keep it there. They're like, how are we going to remember our history? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like people don't forget about Stalin. If it's right outside a museum or something, that'd be even uh, better. People, people <sighs> don't forget about Stalin, Hitler, you know, Gaddafi, mm. Saddam Hussein. <laughs> you know, those, I mean, I don't think there's any, any Bin Laden statues, but. No, no, we forgot about Saddam Hussein because they pulled down his statue in 2003. Yeah. So we just forgot. Well, didn't he also get beaten to death by his own people around that time? No, yeah, was, was yeah. that Gaddafi or was that Saddam Hussein? No, Saddam Hussein got lynched and yeah. stuff and then they, no, Gaddafi did though. Gaddafi got um, like raped or something. Yeah, like, Gaddafi got really fucking ruined. Yeah, but that's what you get for running a regime. Anyway, say goodbye to the children. Bye, everyone. Remember, fight back against 
the aggressors. Right now, the aggressors turn out to be the police and the American military mm. who are using chemical weapons on their own people. Technically, they're waging war in their own country. It's going well. That's actually a chemical attack. I've just realised that. Yeah. That's bad, isn't it? Using, using, like, CS gas. Yeah, using tear gas on their own citizens who are peacefully protesting. And this is fine, because it isn't. Night. Night. <laughs>